or uh, send us a message. Yes, and um, we will be back next week. The fuck? All right, yeah. thank you very much for everyone that joined us and everyone else that's listening right now. We will see you next time. Later. Hey, butthead. How come, like, some stuff sucks, but then, like, some stuff is pretty cool? Uh, well, if nothing sucked and, like, everything was cool all the time, then it's like, how would you know it was cool? Welcome back to another exciting show of the Skeleton Crew. I'm Alex, joined with Dan and Jamie as always, and I sound really strange because I have the flu. Dying. Yes, I'm dying. <laughs> and look at my dedication, I'm still on here. <laughs> you guys are like playing into my microphone. Okay. That's creepy. You there now? I am here. Okay, where were we? Yes, uh... I was imagining your microphone. <laughs> <laughs> and I would like to say, hang on one second. That last joke goes out to Beardy Freak, especially, because apparently he thinks I make a lot of blowjob jokes on this show. On this show? Yeah. <laughs> which I don't which <laughs> I don't see, but I will I will personally try to make it seventy two percent less blowjob jokish. Well, in all fairness, six, <laughs> 16 blowjob jokes is not a lot in two shows. So. I was going to say, what constitutes a lot? <laughs> <laughs> that was well, five hours. Them, we should have somebody count them. <laughs> Who wants to count them? <laughs> Maybe we should have a contest. We, you could count how many Jamie made and you win a, like a Blu-ray or something. You win a blowjob from Jamie? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> you have to be hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to go through a screening by Jamie, but yeah. Yeah. Could there be some Brad Pitt looking? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Patrick is back now. You know. <laughs> yeah, Jamie's getting laid now, so that's why she she has like a new bounce in her step. <laughs> so you're gonna hear a different girl tonight. She's finally having sex. Jamie, how long has it been since you had sex? Would you say? Currently. Yeah, before before this, you just got back into it. How long would you say you were you took off? Twenty five weeks. What? Wow, twenty five weeks. So that's uh, uh, six months. Six months. Six months. There you go. Yep. Six months. Yeah. Wow. Dry spells suck ass. Yeah. It's not a dry spell. <laughs> yeah, it ain't like she. Not like I couldn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. No, I was I was thinking of more myself. I was thinking dry spell stuff. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking of you anymore. Yeah, Jamie, unlike <laughs> girls, when guys don't get laid for six months, it's because we can't find nobody. Right, exactly. <laughs> I only think in terms of that. <laughs> we can't relate. Yep. So uh, one cool thing that happened recently is that <laughs> I was all pumped up with uh, Texas Chainsaw 3D. You know, the whole thing where uh, they continued from the original source uh, of series of movies, you know? Mm -hmm. So, back in 2004, I wrote a script for Friday the 13th Part 9 
Which, you know, it's kill me. Like, people are like, uh, when I posted this, they're like, well, there already is a part nine, but good story. Like, no, there's not. <laughs> J- Jason Goes to Hell is not Friday the 13th part nine. <laughs> like, I don't know if you noticed. Yeah, those are standalone films. Right. Nine has nothing to do with Jason Takes Manhattan. Ten has nothing to do with nine. And Freddy vs. Jason, I guess you could say that continues uh, nine. Or I shouldn't say nine. I shouldn't. Jason Goes to Hell. Yeah, I've always considered eight though, like kind of the end of the series. Exactly. Yeah. And then it's standalone. Mm-hmm. So, um, no, the the title Friday the Thirteenth Part Anything was never in any title past Jason Takes Manhattan. Right. Right. So I am correct. It is Part Nine. So anyway, I pu- I uh, wrote a script, and I didn't do nothing new or groundbreaking in terms of like the idea of it. I basically uh, got all the survivors back. And they're uh, opening Camp Crystal Lake again, and Paul Holt is basically the main guy of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's like uh, the central person of the movie. And, uh, you know, I wrote, you know, I brought Tommy Jarvis back, uh, being played by Corey Feldman. Hopefully he learns how to act pretty soon. I, <laughs> I wouldn't count on it. Yeah, if I ever get this greenlit. But, yeah. um,. Yeah, so I posted this on Horrorbit. It's a whole script. It continues right from Part 8. It makes sense. Jason turns back into a, like an 11-year-old kid in the sewer at the end of Part 8. And the way I have it in Part 9 is that he escapes from the sewer. He hops on that boat that takes Re- Rennie and Sean back to Crystal Lake. He dips out and then lives in uh, Crystal Lake until he 10 years later when he's 21. Mm-hmm. Which is how old Michael Myers was. And now Jason's human again. So now it's realistic again, just like it was in part uh, two through four. Boom. There you go. So, yeah. I brought it back to old school. And, uh, you know, guys, check it out. Horrorbid.com. Uh, go to podcast. And it's in the Skeleton Crew uh, show posts area. Yeah. It's a good script, too, man. It was uh, when I read it. I actually read it, like, before I even knew Alex back in the day. When you did this, and uh, well, what, what was it, dude? When I like first met you, right? When I first started talking to you about, I don't know how you even came across it. Yeah, probably when we first started. Talking. I know, I, I know. Once I started reading it again recently, I said, "Holy shit, I fucking read this before!" And it is good, man. I was, uh, you know, you put all the characters to all the dialogue, and it's like perfect, man. Like, yeah, you can tell you're a fan of those movies too. Like when you fucking, you know, I'm basically listening to you. Uh, you know, constructing, like you said, Paul, the way he does things. And, yeah. and I'm sitting there, like, in my mind, like, okay, this is how him and Jenny interact and all that. Dude, it was good, man. I like it. The only thing is, <laughs> there's not enough of it. You got to keep going with it. I know. Well, it's I... like it's like the first, like, you know, I'd say first half hour. Yeah, half hour. Half hour, probably, because there's a lot of uh, stuff that's not going to have dialogue. Right. Like Jason growing up, Jason on the boat, getting back to Crystal Lake. Mm-hmm. All that good yep. stuff. Um, yeah, Jason uh, Lloyd said that it's like a love letter to the franchise. Yes, definitely. And with, like you said, when you said that you could kind of like see Paul when I wrote it and see how he interacts with Ginny, it's because I wrote it in their voices. Like I, when I was writing it, I pictured in my head what he would say, how she'd respond, this and that. So it's all like really in sync with their actual voice. And that's how I... I... I perceived it too, yeah. Yeah, so <clears throat> hopefully uh, Warner Brothers or whoever owns the rights at this point uh, checks that out and uh, says, hey, would you like to work for us, kid? But <laughs> we both know it's not going to happen. Hey, sport. 
hey, sport, we'd like to offer you $3,000 for your script, and we'll make $50 million. (laughs) (laughs) Jamie, have you got to check that out yet, the script? No, I can't get past your hatred of part three. (laughs) Oh, still on three. Go away with it. (laughs) (laughs) That is, you know how I love part three. It's right up there with, actually, it had nosed out the original for several years, and only in the past decade or so has the original come back in front. Oh, you came back to your senses. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) It's still number two, though. You're right. It is. And don't even, don't even. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you gave me that one. I know. You threw the alley oop up. I realized it as soon as it fell out of my mouth. But she loves saying things like that. What? <laughs> that was the weirdest thing that ever came out of my mouth. No, I didn't say that. I said I knew it as soon as it fell out of my mouth. Stop trying to make me dirtier than I already am. <laughs> is, that, is that your first blowjob joke for the show or no? Does, yeah, is that, does that count? Bing! We should have like a little like bell that rings off. The microphone joke was the first one. Oh, yeah, that's right. Wow. Mm-hmm. See? There she goes. <laughs> Alright, so we also got feedback from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre retrospective that was five hours and ten minutes you serious? Yeah. That Holy that was shit. pretty extensive. I know, you know, maybe some people think that we just blew right through it, but <laughs> the time of the duration of the show kind of speaks for itself. Five, that's like a quarter of a day. I have heard from several people who listened to it a couple of times. I can't even imagine that, <laughs> you know. <laughs> One person said they played it and then played it again. Wow. That was the first one. So they listened to five hours in a row of us. How, can you imagine that? I don't think I want to be in the same room with me for that long. Yeah, me either. I keep trying to get away from myself. <laughs> yeah, we had fun, though. That was, that was a fun one. Because uh, we, we were all so pumped for that new one, too. And uh, Yeah, yeah all the... I saw it again. I... Oh, you did? Yeah. Yes, I did. That's what's up. Did you like it more or less, to be honest? <laughs> Uh-oh, I know it's less. Is it? Yeah, it always is. No, it's not. No, it's not. Really? Yeah, I still liked it. I really liked it. The first time I went to go see it, there were it was me, because I went by myself, and two random couples, and that was it. And then this time when I went to go see it, it was Patrick and me, and that is it. And there was nobody else there. And I'm like, how is this movie making so much money? Because every time I go, there's nobody here. <laughs> nobody there, I know. <laughs> I know, yeah, that's a good point. And, but and no, I really like it. I like it a lot. Wasn't the drop-off, too, pretty significant from, from week to week? I don't know the numbers, but I think it went down a good amount. Yeah, but who cares? It made. Oh, I don't, yeah. The way we did it, too, was good, but, uh, you know, we got a lot of fucking Texas Chainsaw in a short amount of time, and that was almost the cherry on top, was watching the new one in the theater. So, uh, yeah, dude, that was a lot of fun doing those shows. Even though it was five hours, it, it seemed like, uh, I don't know, it seemed like it went by really quick, and, uh, you know, yeah. time flies when you're having fun. Exactly. Well, uh, yeah, so there's that, and um, one person, were they write? Oh, yeah. Here's a one. Ross said that, damn it, I paid for another retrospective for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 
from eh, 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 because I didn't know you guys were going to do one. Damn it, damn it, the best things in life are truly free. <laughs> Aw, that's really nice. Yeah. I can't, you guys, you got to stop giving these people your money. Oh, man. Don't you work hard for that money? Lip rings, man, lip rings. Yeah, like, whose opinion is worth paying for? I don't know. Mine? Uh, yours? <laughs> yeah, of course. But I would never charge. <laughs> <laughs> Just go to the I'm, bottom left no, of our I'm page kidding. and we have I'm an option. Guess. I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, I mean... I wouldn't really. I wouldn't pay any money to, just to hear a couple of goofballs talking about movies. You know, when, fucking goofballs. When, <laughs> when you have so many choices, right, at your fingertips. You know, there are hundreds of horror podcasts out there. You know, oh yeah. So, you know, you're bound to find one or several that are to your liking. Hopefully, one of them is this one, <laughs> and the others are our podcast, Meeple episodes. <laughs> Even even um, Chuck from Zombies Don't Podcast, he's doing a Texas Chainsaw retrospective uh, in a week or two or something like that. So, you know, they're out there, man. Um, oh, Chuck ain't going to charge you. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck's got your back. Yeah. Sometimes listening to you guys, it's like, who's on first? I swear. <laughs> <laughs> Abbott and Costello, Dan and Alex. I don't know what we may have missed, but I'm sure there's just other angles you could take. I feel like we thoroughly uh, went through that, but uh, I'm sure that there's other angles to take on it. And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing his. So, uh, yeah, so that's about it for the uh, intro stuff. Um, oh, uh, we got one email. Uh, Frank P. wrote, I know some of you guys do different things <coughs> online. Shh online shows and such what are your personal goals for the future like i guess uh that means uh do we have anything um things that we're working on now for the future i guess i don't know like uh podcast wise or i don't know i mean uh for me uh my personal goals i uh i'm really happy just to be here working on on this um and my goal right now is to make this show the best show that I can and put uh, my best foot forward and do all I can here. I'm not really looking any further beyond that because, uh, you know, all my focus and attention is here right now. And uh, that's where my energies lie. So, uh, yeah. I, have re- I really have nothing else. Very diplomatic answer, Miss New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> no, serious, it sounds like a passionate question. Yeah. I wasn't calling you a girl. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know you're not a girl. I'll show you I'm not a girl. <laughs> yes, I demand proof. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, anything to do with the genre is where I want to be. And that's where I've been for years. And and my, my only real goal has always been that I have been trying to get people to understand that horror is just as viable and necessary as any other genre out there and frequently has more to say and if you know you want to get a good look at society and what's going on in a certain period of time pay attention to what scares them that's how you learn about people and um so anything that i can do to to forward that agenda is is what i love to do and so far, what I figured out is like I've made a movie, I've been in movies, I've written movies, I've you know 
done podcasting. I've written articles. The only thing left really for me to do is write a book. So sometime in the future, I'm going to strap myself down and force myself to do it. When I figure out what I want to write about, there are so many things that I love about the genre that I just, I, that's where I keep running into trouble is I can't decide what I want to focus on first because I just, it's my passion. Jamie's first book, How to Give a Badass Blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> Volume one. <laughs> you stroke while you lay. Yeah. No. Here's how you can practice, boy, on the next page. First, you get drunk. No. Is that me or him? <laughs> Do you have any, uh, uh, you. Do you have any, uh, <laughs> personal goals as far as, I don't know. I mean, uh, well, they said online shows and things like that. I mean, do you have anything else besides uh, this? Uh, yeah, get money and fuck bitches. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we're doing it, man. Uh, we're having fun. We're, we're doing, you know, we get to talk to some cool people sometimes on the show. Um, I get to talk to you guys, which, you know, I mean, we, we joke around, but you guys know your shit, and it's uh, it's fun to do. So, yeah, man, I'm, I'm doing it as far as this shit goes. I mean, I guess eventually someday I'd like to uh, break into the film business in some capacity, but, you know, that's just kind of a, uh, a, a further down the road thing. But, yeah, so. Cool. For me, that's what's up. Yeah, I would say yeah. As, like that, my like attention is here, but um, once this is over, uh, which would probably be around uh, a year and a half to two years, I think, uh, as we scheduled it. <clears throat> yeah, I would also like to be in films of some kind. We love this shit, man. Yep. But uh, yeah, so we're gonna go ahead and start the reviews. I just want to thank everybody real quick. You know, we got a lot of feedback on that Texas Chainsaw retrospective a lot of people said a lot of nice things we like broke records on horophilia they normally don't have any shows that break into the top 20 um for hits and our show was number five and number seven both retrospectives broke the top 20 and the top 10 and the top five and then they said something about, like, people just keep on checking out, like, either rubber or bloodlust zombies to look at some girls' pictures and stuff. So... Rubber. <laughs> yeah. And if you take that away for that reason, and you take away horophilia hotties, which is not really real content... <laughs> I disagree. No. <laughs> <laughs> we would move up to number um, three and uh, five. So we're in the top three. So... Well, that's just everybody listening, though. Like, you guys fucking rock, you know? Well, that's that's what's up. Yeah, thanks. I mean, thanks, everybody, for supporting and, um, you know, just checking out the show. Thanks. And... You guys have some really great listeners, and they have been so kind and wonderful to me and welcoming me on and, and just making me feel really at home. It's so nice. And um, I've also gotten some good feedback from my listeners, too, who found the retrospectives and started listening and they love you guys so they're going to keep listening to the crew Heard up. that's great I know. i'm so excited i just because i tell you like the salt of the earth are these people i love them so much yep definitely yep. yeah they're cool. i love interacting with them yeah so. we have the coolest listeners really and even one guy uh uh no your guy um 
Mike Merriman. Oh, uh-huh. He said, um... Oh, yeah, we yeah we talked about it on the show. Yeah, he said something really nice. He said that it was uh, one of the best experiences he's had listening to uh, a podcast in a, quite yeah. some time. So that that's really nice, you know? Uh, yeah. You know, because we, when we plan this out to do it and stuff, uh, you know, our goal really is just to uh, make it, you know, bring a movie to life, interact with it, make it entertaining again. You know, it's it's been dead for 30, 40 years, whatever. Let's bring it, just put some life into it, make, you know, have, poke some fun at it, have fun with it. And uh, that's, if somebody else heard that and they, you know, they're, they're zoned in and share that kind of thing, that's really great. You know, that's all, that's all we're doing it for, so... That was really cool to read that, so. Yeah, dude. Well, and my movie fucking, I think my movie IQ has been going up lately, too, because now I'm trying to find every fucking possible angle, because, you know, we talk about these movies in depth, and uh, it's weird. I still enjoy the flicks, but I just think about them a lot differently now, and um, I think, <laughs> not, not to say that <clears throat> I didn't know my shit back then, but there was a time even where I, uh, for a hot minute, I liked the... Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street remake, and I know yeah. you do, Jamie. But uh, you know, but looking back on it now, I mean, and that wasn't even that long ago. So I think even just uh, through the process of doing the shows, uh, fine tuning our uh, watching skills, I think. So yeah, man, it's just fun, you know. We so love wait, wait, what you're saying is that you've become smarter at watching movies, therefore you now realize that the Nightmare on Elm Street remake sucks, right? Absolutely. Okay, 100%. good. Excellent. Yes, Excellent. Yes. I, you know, don't try to intimidate me. You can't, you know. <laughs> no, no, I can no. hold my own. And I have very good, solid reasons for why I think that's a good movie. And one of these days, I'm going to take that platform and defend the hell out of it. But. <laughs> Jamie... Your viewing is also going to become smarter. <laughs> See, I was thinking the same thing about how much you guys are going to benefit from me. Oh, we already have. I'd like to hear that that show sometime. I, I can't wait for that no, one. We'll, but we'll do yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> I've not become any smarter, uh, unlike Dan. Uh, I think my viewing... <laughs> I think we're getting more thorough, if you want to call it that. Like, uh... You know, if you compare like that last retrospective to our Friday Thirteenth one, I think there's obvious differences there. But well, I'll give you an example. I used to say I didn't get the ending of a movie. I'd just be like, eh, whatever, you know, bong rips. But now it's like, if I don't get it, <laughs> motherfucker, you better get it, because uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean? if, if, if you don't get it and I don't, then we're really fucked. <laughs> we're really fucked, exactly. Like we'll we'll just be sitting here like two assholes that don't know. Yeah, but Jamie stuff. gets that stuff. She she even reads into the political side of stuff, so. Yeah, 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 she's fucking on point. I, me, on the other hand, good lord. Yeah, I'm stupid. I don't get that. <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> yeah, like, you know how dumb I am, really? Like, I don't even get the political stuff. Like, when I watch um, George Romero stuff, like uh, that one he did, Land of the Dead, like, to me, I don't even get anything, like, political, how it's, you know, something racial with the black man and... Not getting anything political out of a film doesn't make you dumb. It just means that that's not what you focus on when you're watching a movie, you know? I mean, it means it can mean something different to every single person. And in my opinion, a good piece of art will do that. Hmm. I think you that's know, I mean, It should be able to touch you on a personal level, you know, yeah. wherever that lies. I think the political one on that one, though, Alex, was, you know, Dennis Hopper up in the penthouse and, uh, you know, 
poor overtaking the rich type of thing, exclusivity, exclusivity or whatever that word is. But yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I think just, that was the main theme of that one. Yeah, see, I'm stupid. No, it's no, okay. No, Jamie's right. No, <laughs> I just pay attention to uh, how good the makeup was or something. I don't know. All right. <laughs> we have Sinister, and our feature presentation is Mama, which came out just a day or two or three ago. <laughs> <laughs> it depends how fast I produce this. All right. Good one, Alex. <laughs> Wasn't that smooth? All right, we'll be right back. <laughs> nice. Skeleton Crew kicks ass. Skeleton Crew kicks major ass. And uh, I'm a big fan. I love your shows. Yeah, so what? Can I help you? Hi, this is Bobby Fletcher. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. I'm um, just wondering what kind, of, what kind of dogs you have there that I might be able to adopt. Oh, uh, you look so small or big? Uh, I don't know. You know, something that's kind of cute. Okay, we got a Cocker Spaniel that's really cute. Yeah. Five months old. We've got a seven-month-old golden retriever who's really cute. What what kind of dog is going to get someone's attention when I'm walking it is what I'm trying to say. What do you mean? You know, when I'm walking through the park or whatever, are people going to come up and say how cute it is? <laughs> um, I would say the Cocker Spaniel. The Cocker Spaniel? Yeah. So you think uh, I guess like you know some hot chicks coming up and saying you sure, know the dog is uh huh okay because yeah that's what I'm looking for <laughs> okay uh so what do I have to do well if you want to come down and take a look if you like her um, <sighs> I'm not really a dog person but you know I'm in a big slump so I got to meet women somehow my friend said if you have a dog they just come running up to you right ones. so when I'm done with it what do I do I bring it back to you guys or something or absolutely not. What's that? We're looking for lifetime convictions. Well, I, I can't have the dog for life. Okay, then you can't adopt the monster. No, I mean, right. I'm, I'm going to bust. I'm going to bust out of my slump eventually. I don't need it for life. We adopt out of people that want pets. Well, I do want a pet. I, I you know. I'm very sorry, sir. I don't think we can help you here. I, I don't understand what the problem is. I mean, you guys adopt. You guys are going to put the dog to sleep. So why not I take no, it off your hands for a no few weeks? Shelter. A no what? A no kill shelter. We don't put the dogs to sleep. Well, what do you do with them if no one adopts them? We hold on to them until they get adopted. Well, let me just borrow for a few weeks. Look, no, I, we don't. I've do been with sir. I've been with like three fat chicks in the last few months. I got to bust out. Well, I gotta I'm meet a some fat hot chick. girl. Huh? Excuse me, I'm a fat chick, and I take offense to that. Well, I didn't mean I didn't mean it towards you. I, I cannot continue this conversation. Anymore. I don't understand what the problem is. Was I with you? I'm very sorry. I just want a dog that's going to attract women. I don't want a bunch of queer dudes trying to pet my filthy animal, you know? Hold on one second. I'll let you speak to the manager. Well, no, I want to speak to you. Can I help you with something? Yeah. Who's this? My name is Lonnie. Hi, Lonnie. How fat is Chris? That's an inappropriate question. No, she just said she was fat. <laughs> All right, this is Sinister 2012. Uh, this was, uh, when I saw the trailer for this one, I was really excited to see it. So, 
I'm glad we got to see it for this show. Um, unfortunately, it was not on Netflix. Guys, I was looking today. I actually uh, was checking out Netflix, and there's a lot of, like, uh, pretty big-name horror movies, you know, that recently came out that are on Netflix right now. You know Madison County is on Netflix. <laughs> not that- yeah, it's in, it's in my queue. Yeah, I heard it's crap, but... So have I, but it's still in my queue. Yeah, me too. I just want to check it out, and Tall Man is on there, but that's been on there. VHS mm-hmm. is on Netflix now. Yeah, Innkeepers, and... Uh, two of my favorite movies as a, a kid, actually, Commando with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. That's like my yes. my favorite comedy ever. Oh yeah, uh, John Candy and Steve Martin. That's like one of the best one of the best written movies I ever saw. So, uh, agreed. Yeah, speaking of Commando with Arnold, I I went to see uh, The Last Stand also. Oh, how was it, bro? I just want to make a quick note of something because I was talking to Lloyd about this. The trailer for that movie, it makes the movie look like a piece of crap. Dude, remember when we talked about this, Alex? You didn't want to see it. I was trying to convince you. Yeah, I said, you know, because uh, Mike was like, yeah, dude, it looks great. And I was like, really? I th- I don't think it looks great. Like, I'm kind of worried about this movie. It looks like stupid. And, dude, they put so much into this movie. It's so well done. It's so strong. And they util- they used Arnold just enough. He's like, he's only in like 50% of the movie. Really? Yeah. What? But the way they do it, though, it's realistic. They just treat it like, you know, yeah, he's a 60-year-old guy, still kind of tough. Um, he could, you know, still hold his own a little bit. And it's really well done. It's written right around for his age. Really good. Uh-huh. Well, when we were talking too, bro, did, was it like over the over the top hokey with all the lines and stuff like that? Like, uh, what was the other movie? Expendables uh, 2. Expendables, yeah. No. Okay. There's no lines. I don't even think he says, I'll be back. No? Sh- well, <laughs> I would hope not. <laughs> Get through the chopper. <sighs> oh, that's what Pugsley says all the time. <laughs> My kitty. Well, if you scratch you Pugsley. Kidding? What? Yeah, if you scratch him at the base of his tail, he does this thing where he's like, he's, <laughs> he smacks his lips and he's like, nom, 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 you know. So when he does that, Patrick always goes, get through the chopper. <laughs> so we, <laughs> we videotaped him. <laughs> but, I mean, you can see him, but then you can hear the Arnold voice in the background and it's, it looks like he's saying. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and completely not related to anything I know. No, no, that's cool that he's, you know, he's always going to open his mouth like that. So you throw those words in a videotape. <laughs> that's perfect. Uh, yeah. So no, this, uh, the last stand, I recommend everybody see it. It's a really good action movie. They, they, Johnny Knoxville is also used just enough and barely at all. Mm-hmm. He's in like 10%. I, I I like seeing him in movies and uh like in the remake of Walking Tall. Yeah, right. He was great. That's what this movie reminded me of when I saw Knoxville. I was like, it's the same fucking setup. Right, exactly. And I was saying to myself, oh, I guess they don't think Arnold could really hold his own or draw an audience, so they're gonna throw this guy in there as like the thing that brings kids in or whatever. And and I'm thinking like, is Johnny Knoxville really a box office draw? I don't really, <laughs> I don't really don't think he is. No. I don't think so, not anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, maybe ten years ago, but... Yeah, exactly, dude, exactly. And that last Jackass movie was horrible, dude. Jackass 3D. 
I don't yeah, I don't really remember it. It was bad, man. Uh, either either it just wasn't strong enough throughout or else they used like bad stunts for the last couple stunts. I don't know. Either way, just I walked out like, wow. I feel like the whole jackass and all that shit just kind of phased out anyways. So by the time the third one came out, they're all just kind of fucking limping around because <laughs> they fucked themselves up so much. Yeah, yeah, right. And and I'm thinking that, that the steam is out of that franchise. I don't see Jackass 4 happening. No, I agree. I really don't. I think that's about it. <laughs> yep. T- times are different, t- you know. I guess it's sort of still funny, but I don't know. It's not frat boyish and charming when you're 50 years old, like, <laughs> lighting, lighting your ass on fire. You know? yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, stapling your balls to your thighs at 42 years old is not that charming. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I don't know, man. It's Steve-O now. I mean, if he were to do the stuff he did back then, you know, back then he was like, well, like a frat boy, pretty much. You know, drunk all the time and doing crazy shit. And now he would just be a fucking drunk. <laughs> no, now he's all sober. It's even less funny. Now he hosts a show that lets other people do that to themselves, to you know. Oh, does he? Yeah, yeah, he does. A, it's like a uh, karaoke show, but they have to sing karaoke like in these crazy fucking scenarios, like you know, shit getting thrown at him, or you know, on something that twists around or something like that. Yeah, it that sucks. Sounds completely pointless. It is. Oh yeah, <laughs> believe me, it is. He used to yeah. drink beer through his ass, dude. Yeah. Which is actually very dangerous, by the right. way. I just want to anyone out there who's listening and they've and they are stupid enough to attempt to try that. It is extremely dangerous. So, um, I mean, because you can get alcohol poisoning really fast that way. I mean, your body just absorbs it way too quickly. So, no alcohol in the anus. Mm. <laughs> yeah, right. That's my per- that's my public service announcement for the day. It's exit only in more ways than one. <laughs> or you know. Well, no, I wouldn't say that. I'm just. Oh saying, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Why'd I go there? Al- don't put alcohol in. I'm not going to tell people what to do with their asshole. I'm just telling them not to put alcohol in it. <laughs> <laughs> Duly noted. <laughs> okay, now we got. Uh, oh yeah, real quick, one more quick note. I, we were talking earlier about um, the Friday Thirteenth script that I wrote for Part Nine. Mm-hmm. Can you believe that? 17,600 people looked at that. Se- 17,000, you said? Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. On Horrorbid. Like, I wonder if that's enough people to um to get word to, like, somebody who, like, matters in terms of getting this done. It should be enough for you to continue it, I'll tell you that. Yeah, right. <laughs> I want to see, I want to find the at least the middle. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, what, is he, what the hell does he do in the middle of the movie? Do you have anything there? It's such a great script, but you fucking drop it off right when it's getting good. Well, that's the whole thing. That's why I want them to say, okay, we need him to do this, and then they're going to pay me. Let's go, dude. Dude, I don't want to work anymore. Yeah, right? <laughs> I want to make a movie and get it over with. And maybe I'll be like Mark Damon and Schwift or whatever their names are, and uh, they'll have me do the next one, too. Exactly. So, the remake of it. Exactly. I'll remake my own movie. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right. <laughs> So yeah, Sinister, 2012. Uh, this movie stars Ethan Hawke and a bunch of other people. <laughs> the premise of this movie is that this guy is like a uh, true crimes author, and mm-hmm. he takes real cases, digs deeper. Sometimes um, he, f- you know, finds the missing kid or you know whatever it is, and. Uh, 
he does what the cops can't do. And then, you know, he had one big successful book about 10 or 10 years ago. Yeah, they, they said he had a successful thing, which blew him up. And I think they found the kid. And then they said one went wrong, like something happened. Uh, now he's on his fourth book, I guess. And what he does is when he does this, he moves to the areas that these things happen in. So this time he moved into the house Dumbass. where four people were hung in a tree. That's a good idea. Yeah, Come on, kids. That is so stupid, man. Oh, like, God. who in the world would do that? But whatever. I would. <laughs> For the cheap price. <laughs> well, you know, well, hell yeah. I mean, shit like that's not going to scare me away from my house. I don't give a shit. Really? Yeah. I mean, besides, it was in the yard. Yeah, you'd think just like he does. Yeah, I don't know. I think I, I used to live in a house. Um, that the town referred to, I lived in a very tiny town at this time and, uh, the town referred to my house as the house of the mayor that died. Oh. And, um, that's Wait, let me guess, let me guess. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> there was some weird shit that went on in that house. I mean, really weird shit, but I was never scared. It was always just fascinating. You know? Jamie, this show is extremely long, but I would really like to hear that one day. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. We'll save that one. We'll stick it yeah. on the back burner. Yeah, I definitely want to hear uh, what went on in that house because I have a few ghost stories myself, and uh, mm -hmm. this is a horror show. We should do. I a thought ghost you didn't believe in ghosts, Alex, because I got a couple too. We should do a ghost story episode. We should. Yeah, I got some too. Mine will top yours, Biatches. We should watch Ghost Story, and <laughs> then do a ghost story episode. Yeah, you wanna? Yeah, hell yeah, that'd be fun. Maybe we should review Ghost. <laughs> Can we interview Zach Baggins? <laughs> Who's that? Zach Baggins. He's from, he's from, uh, he's from Ghost Bros. Um, the biggest fucking tool in the world. How about we interview Dana Workman? <laughs> oh, that's a great, oh, wait. She already blew us off, okay. <laughs> Jamie, we were going to interview Dana Workman, and um, we sat there <laughs> waiting for the call that never came. Yeah. Aww. We were stood up. Yeah, imagine. We got Danny Trejo, Bill Mosley, uh, Felicia Rose, <laughs> but we couldn't get Dana Workman. Man, fucking Argento blew me off three times. Really? And finally, I just said, fuck it, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing the interview. Because they kept wanting to reschedule. Like, I would be on the phone waiting, already talking to the aide. You know, wow. and then they're they're about to patch me through, and then the aide would come back on the phone and be like, "Oh, he's decided he's really tired. He wants to reschedule." He did oh, that. Fuck that. He did that three times, and I said, "Fuck him. I'm not doing it." Wow. Yeah, so, right? <laughs> yeah, who the fuck you are? I was even going to speak Italian to him. Wow. Wow. That's that's a shame. It sucks getting like questions together for people that blow you off. But especially for data work. But yeah, like, no. Those are all goof <laughs> questions anyway. Well, I had to watch that horrible show that they were on. Yeah, that was the worst part. That was the worst part. I was like, this is the fakest piece of shit ever. And Alex is like, dude, should I ask her? Like, you know, like, you know, how real is this? Like, there's got to be a medic on set. Like, Jack Osborne didn't really disappear. Yeah, right? I know. Like, she, he disappeared underwater for an hour. Like, like we're going to believe that these two are the only two out there and this really happened? Give me a break. And the longer we waited, too, the more meaner the questions got. <laughs> oh, yeah. I started adding ones in there. Like, there's not going to be a second season, is there? 
we were pissed by the end. Yeah, and there's not. So, yeah. all right. So anyway, uh, Ethan Hawke, um, you know, he goes to this house. So he goes in the attic and he finds a box with a can of film in it. It's like those old uh, projector film stuff. And um, real to real. Yeah, real to real. And look, guys, explain this to me because I'm really dumb. And I know this is probably really obvious, but what what was that all about when he left a note, like a post-it that said, how did this get here? And then he comes back the next day and it says, you came back and left it. Like, who wrote that? Holy shit. I didn't even notice that, dude. I didn't either. That's crazy. Ooh, that's, that's creepy. Um... Ooh, I will. I would assume. I mean, who, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Alex, Alex is like, I'm really dumb. Me and Jimmy are like, oh, we didn't even know that happened. <laughs> maybe, maybe <laughs> Mr. Boogie wrote it. Yeah, but wh- wouldn't that like kind of send a red flag to this guy? Like, who the hell's writing this? It would make me pee my pants. Right. <laughs> exactly. Like, huh. I, I was assuming his wife or, or, or I was like, what does he have? Like, like another personality, like a split personality that will eventually look at that and respond. Like, I didn't know what was going on. But well, dude, it's funny that you say that because uh, did you guys think that in the kind of the beginning too with uh, with the past book references and shit like that? Like, I, I was hoping they wouldn't go fucking Sixth Sense or anything like that. But uh, you know, you start to think, okay, because you know how they've done that a million times. Take the main character, you know, he's trying to figure shit out, and then in the end, it's fucking him. You yeah, know? he's a ghost. Like he was killed by the boogeyman. Or or he was the boogeyman, right? He was, it's something like that. Or, like, you know, he's fucking, he killed his family or another family. You know, something stupid. I'm glad they didn't do that. No, I, didn't, I don't know. I guess I didn't think that, no. Mm. But, um, okay. oh, by the way, I guess w- this will have spoilers. I mean, I don't know. I don't think we're going to do too many reviews without them. It's kind of hard not to, yeah. Yeah, especially if the movie came out, like, two months ago or whatever. You know, whatever. He starts off uh, watching uh, the first one. And it was the four people hung in the tree. And um, the girl in that family is Stephanie. That's, I guess, the main girl he's looking for. And uh, as he's watching it, I thought it was funny because he's, you know, he doesn't know what to expect on these videos. And as soon as that happens, you see him, like, drop ice in a glass and he pours some whiskey. <laughs> oh, he starts boozing it, dude. Yeah. And, it, you know, that, that's what I would do, I think. Fuck yeah, dude. Get the whiskey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. And then there was this one jump scare where um, he was like, he had his back turned. And it was like right around this time, I remember. And you see like a black shadow dart across the screen. And right there, I'm like rolling my eyes. I'm like, oh, come on. We're not going to do that old thing, that cliche shit again. And luckily, it was just his daughter uh, yeah. in the other room. So I was kind of happy about that. But Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. But then we, you know, then we get to some what the F moments like right away. How random was that when his kid like like crawls out of the box upside in the box and he's screaming, dude? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that was weird. I did, I understand that he does this, you know, and then he ends up in bizarre places, but in a box. Right. I didn't, <laughs> but apparently, the these these two movies, these last two movies that we're reviewing, are all about children being in boxes. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I didn't. I I thought that was kind of bizarre as well, but but it was a little too artsy to be realistically like a kid just randomly doing. You know, it looked too scary. It looked too horror movie scary to be like realistic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. But yep. It, well, I guess we could explain the premise. Uh. Yeah, and it ties into him. Uh, 
not wanting the cops help too at this one point where he actually calls the police after he finds those videos because i mean normally that's what somebody would do but uh at the same time you know i mean really him and cops do the same thing which is you know investigate it and he kind of wanted the notoriety for it so uh so he went forward with it and he kept watching these movies and like alex said too he kept filling that whiskey up too which was another thing that made me think okay well i hope it's not something to do with him i mean luckily you know like i said it wasn't but um yeah they go through the videos and he finally comes to uh what's his name fucking from law and order the detective uh ian scorn (laughs) one of them yeah and uh and he talks to him and he and he basically tells him that there's an old uh, what is it he finds like a it's not a pentagram they actually say oh the symbol yeah the symbol and he every time there's kills um there's like a painted symbol on the walls and or just somewhere in the house that he realized in the videos he was watching and it turns out that the symbol represented a deity is that what they're called Yes, okay. Bagul. Yeah, and and it was our buddy Pat, the ghoul. <laughs> the ghoul under your bed? Yeah, it was the ghoul under the water, actually, in the swimming pool. <laughs> like, yeah, that's dude. how you first see, yeah, the so the killer, um, scene. oddly enough, we'll say killer loosely, of course. Right. The killer is uh, the ghoul. One of the videos have, like, another family getting killed, and I, th- I thought this one was great. They were all tied to lawn chairs, and then they were all pulled oh. by ropes into. I a... love that one. Best love kill. It. I love it because when when you when the body gets pulled into the water, then all of a sudden you see the feet start kicking, mm-hmm. and oh, that is fuck. so so creepy. And then he just pulls them in one by one, and that is just that's hardcore. I like that. I, that's exactly how I feel. That was hardcore. Like it was just really and. The the lighting of the videos and the aging of them and stuff, I thought that was all super realistic and hardcore. Very, very well done. I also love the lawnmower one. Oh, God. And, oh, fuck. And his reaction to that. You know, yep. like when he just, like, when the lawnmower just goes right over the head and he's like, wah! I mean, like... Yeah, and he runs for the cigarette. Yeah, I mean, it's just, that's crazy. <laughs> Because as as he kept watching these videos, you could see the progression of how he deals with it. The first one, he dro- he drops ice and pours a sh- about a shot, or I don't even know how much whiskey you're supposed to drink at a time, but let's just say like one glass of whiskey. Then by the time we get to the one where they're tied up in bed and they're getting their throat cut, he goes for the bottle. <laughs> then by the time the lawnmower comes, he now he's smoking cigarettes. <laughs> so it's I like, would too. Yeah, right. So, uh, and I guess so. We just mentioned a couple of deaths. I think the other one was the family gets tied up um, and thrown in their cars, and then they light the cars on fire. Yeah. So that was like another video. And all the tapes are like labeled like a uh, pool party, and it has a relation to how they die, and oh, it yeah. shows it shows Barbecue, them around. Barbecue, nineteen seventy nine. Family, family hanging out. You know. Yeah. <laughs> They're all very clever. I thought yep. this was a really super clever movie. You know. I did too. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, and when you see movies like with things that you have to put together, like the clever type thing, do you do you consider that straight up horror, or would you go to thriller at that point? Horror. Yeah, like what about mm-hmm. like the ring? Because that, isn't that like a whole figuring out? Isn't that like the same along the same type of thing yeah. as this? And even Mama, in a way. Yeah. Uh, I kind. I don't enjoy movies like that though. A lot of the times, like I hated The Ring, dude. I mean, it, it, there was some scary parts in it and stuff like that, which is the only reason I would say it's horror for for the imagery and and all that crazy stuff. But you're right; it's like a uh, it's like a mystery flick, really. Yeah, 
I did not enjoy the ring either. I mean, nothing in that movie scared me. The only thing that even got a reaction when I saw it in the theater was when the horse like dived off. Yeah, that was so funny. The fairy, you know, and then I was like, oh, you know, because of the horse. But other than that, it didn't bother me at all. I mean, I just, I didn't, I was so disappointed. I'm just like, why isn't this freaking me out? Whereas the grudge had me sleeping with my clothes on in the living room in case I had to run. Yeah, so, good. Yeah. so, I mean, what I have discovered is that people either like The Ring or The Grudge. I know very few people who enjoy them both the same. I'm so right. glad you guys say that. I got ripped on Horophilia on the group for um, posting. I bought DVDs, uh, Blu-rays, like about six of them. And one of them was The Grudge because on Halloween or October they had – like tons of sales at Best Buy, like everything was seven dollars. So I picked up the Grudge. I th- I love that movie, and everyone's like, "Well, I keep them all except for the Grudge," and I'm like, mm-hmm. "What the hell are you guys talking about? That's a gr- fuck that noise. I love that movie. It scared the sh- it scared the shit out of me. I gotta tell you the the I mean I mean seriously, I went home, turned on every light in the house, wouldn't even go into my bedroom. I slept <laughs> on the sofa with all my clothes on. Yeah. Is- is I mean, it the it, grudge that the yeah. one with the uh, 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 uh Yep, that's it. Yep. Yeah, uh, dude, that noise alone. Like anybody can do that with that voice. That bugged me out. Yeah. That is an amazing movie. And I even like part two, and for everybody yep. if for anybody wants to check it out, I have not yet, so do not pin me to this. Grudge three is on Netflix. That's right. I did not like the second one, I will say that. Did you not? I, I thought it was alright. But I love the first one. Yeah, the third one. The third one's on. We, maybe we should review the third one just for goofs, you know? Or or would you like to save it for, like, a grudge retrospective? Ooh, that'd be fun. Yeah. Now, I was thinking we could do a couple retrospectives with, like, three movies so we don't have to, like, put too much work into it. Like, yeah. there's a couple. Like, Hostel, Grudge. Candyman. Okay, Candyman. <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody wants to hear about Lost Boys for some reason. Why is that? Why? I almost, I almost picked up the um, the the disc. I mean, the Blu-ray at Best Buy yesterday that has all three of them. Oh yeah, Lost Boys. Yeah, for ten bucks. Oh, you have to get it. It's great. I'll do it. I wish I did that. I have all three separately. Man, <laughs> but I did get. Let me tell you what I did get. It was awesome. <laughs> I got Reanimator, mm. the the thing. Right. And Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yep, I love all three of them. All for $7 a piece. Wow. Yeah, Best Buy's kicking ass with that lately. Like, I found a lot of good sales around there. I used to go to Amazon. And guys, if anybody, this goes out to everyone listening. If you could get me The Dark Knight Rises for less than $25, please tell me where. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that is killing me. I know. I am not <laughs> paying that. You can suck my no, dick. No, I'm not. You cannot suck mine, but I. I'm not paying that either. I got the trilogy, <laughs> guys, on Blu-ray for fucking 22 bucks. Where did you get that for $22? Yeah, Walmart, the day it came out. Oh. I think it was a timely issue, you know? Yeah. I, I already own the first two, though, so they screwed me with that, you know? Like, right. who the hell would wait for... Oh, you. Never mind. I was going to say, who'd <laughs> wait for the third one to get any of them? <laughs> well, I didn't I didn't have the other ones. Or, you know, I had The Dark Knight, but uh, on DVD, I lost right? It. Well, no, so, yeah, yeah, exactly, it was on DVD and somebody fucking stole it from me, so, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, oh, sorry, we're reviewing a movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, oh, how about this, like, why is it 
every time that projector turned on automatically, why did this dude never put the damn lights on to see what the hell's going on? That movie was so dark. It was, that was one, that was the one complaint that I, about this movie and that it was incredibly dark. And My, Me too. That's my complaint. And digital movies, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but when digital movies are really dark, it, the black parts are, um, they can be distorted, you know, or yeah. very pixelated right. looking. Mm -hmm. And this movie suffered from that quite a bit just because it was so dark. Right. Um, and, uh, but, you know, so that was the one complaint I had. Other than that, I really enjoyed it. But the, the whole time, I'm like, God, it's so dark. Like, I, can't, I couldn't see shit. Yeah, and even if you want to go to character stuff, why why not put the lights on? I know one time the power went out, but that didn't that, like, get rectified? I mean, why 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 did he never put the light on, ever? Yeah, it's a good point. I, I, know, it really is. I understand it's supposed to be scarier for us, but in, in like, logic... Lee, why would you not do that? I don't know. Yeah, right. It's like real scary parts. I mean, what do you think? I, I guess the box thing was kind of scary. I thought the, oh, I, I really love stuff like how the, he was looking at the Mr. Boogie under the water and you, and you get to that one frame where you see his oh. face and it, like as he walked up to it, I kept like looking, I kept like edging toward the screen to look at it because I was just as fascinated as he was. And then mm. when the when the um, the heat like went was too much for the film and it just like all kind of – and then he put it together and, of course, the one thing he needed was cut out. Like that was crazy, <laughs> man. And um, What do you – well, I think he looked like the dude from Saw, first of all, a little bit. Did yeah, you guys bit, get that? a little bit. A little bit, right? I, I like the look of him though. Like, uh, you know, we hear he's a demon and you got to kind of, um, you know um, – just kind of go with the story. It's not really, you know, a hundred percent believable that. Uh, the, what's the basis that he imprints himself on? On he he's the eater of children or something. Eater of children, right? But he comes through the the film and and that's how he does it. Yeah. And dude, when you talk about fucking scary scenes, I wouldn't call it like scary scary it wasn't jump scary but i know you guys fucking know what i'm talking about when he's sitting at the computer with his head turned away <laughs> and the fucking thing just looks at oh, him dude that was crazy dude it bugged me out man that I fucking was, i was about to bring that up oh <laughs> uh, yeah sorry yeah, let's jimmy. let jimmy yeah. talk for a little bit what what what, what observations do you have <clears throat> that was it no that's it all right get off the show you're fired. <laughs> You're done. No, <laughs> I see, do want to that... throw out there that this movie is available on YouTube. Really? Oh, it is. Yes, and in its entirety, in one in one file. So, <laughs> did you hear that, Alex? <laughs> I'm, I'm probably going to get a letter from my cable company about how I got this movie. But <gasps> I, I sent Alex through hell and back to see this. <laughs> oh my god! And at the time, the thing Dan gave me would not work. <laughs> so I had to do it the old-fashioned way where you can get caught. And uh, I, if I get a letter, you guys, both of you, for, for, for Jamie not telling me it's on YouTube and Dan I, giving me that shit site. I did tell you. I told you the other day when we recorded. I said it's on Oh, boy. All right. But, um, Send me the bill. I don't, but, um, I'll, I'll go to jail. Will you, will you do my time? and will you, will you take the dick up your ass? I'll I'll put money in your cantina every week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Uh, no more window love. Yeah. <laughs> Go. Sell it. Okay. So um, this 
this is what I really like about this movie is is I love watching the character, Ethan Hawke's character, throughout the entire thing. Because when he first moves in, you know that he's a true crime writer. He's very um, uh, analytical and very straightforward. He obviously does not believe in anything supernatural mm. or um, he wouldn't have moved his family into this murder house. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, I say that after I just said that I wouldn't have a problem living there, but which is true. I mean, he moved his entire family in there and didn't tell them, knowing full well his wife would have a fit. Right. So, I mean, and he even yeah. lied by omission when she asked Such him, a you bullshit know, lie. Are we two are we living two houses down from another crime scene? Well, no. <laughs> yeah. But okay, so we start out with this guy who is, you know, he just moves in. He's got to write his story. This is what he's doing. But as he, as these tapes start to affect him, you know, and he starts, you know, you see the progression with the drinking and then later the smoking. Hmm. And I mean, he's losing his shit. And, you know, by the time it's over, like he's, well, and there's that one point where he's talking to the deputy and the deputy's like, you know, do you believe in this stuff? And he's like, no. And then uh, I don't believe in any of this. And then the deputy's like, I believe in everything. He's like, I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so-and-so he was a then, good part of the movie it, yeah he was but then by the time this shit is over he has completely changed his tune and he obviously believes in all of this uh, unfortunately a little too late yeah <laughs> but well, wait, um, real quick wait I, like you said about his character i love that stuff like when his wife was like someone was killed in this house and he's like no it was in the backyard Right. Like, I love that character, and he did it so well. Like, it's so funny because it's almost like a like a the way a, like a kid would answer to his like you know his parents or something. He was like, and dude, he does it twice too. He does it right when they're moving in the beginning. She's like, we're not gonna move down the street like last time. He's like, no, no, yeah. No. So two times the one <laughs> fucking prick. yeah, the one Jamie said in this one. Uh, yeah, I mean you're right. It's just like a kid. You're you're um always trying to get out on a technicality yeah <laughs> so. yeah so oh well the other scary parts how about the 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 ghost next to the daughter's bed she gives her the hush sign the one yeah. thing i don't like though guys i don't like it when uh i think i i guess this is no big deal but i think we've seen it too many times at this point that it's just not i just feel the, the word just cliche just jumps on out at me but uh, like uh the little kids saying Stephanie doesn't like it when I draw here, or she doesn't like it when you do this. Oh. And it's like, who's Stephanie? My friend. Like, come on. All right, the kid has an imaginary friend who's really a real ghost, and she doesn't know that this is not normal, and, you know. Like, right. and Stephanie drew it on the wall. You know, like, I'm sorry. I just feel like I've heard that, like, a million times at this point. I, You know, I can't even reference a movie, but... Jody from the uh, from the Amityville Horror. Right. Okay. There you go. Right. And yep. and I'm sure it's happened in five other movies. You know, because mm-hmm. I, I just feel like even even the next movie we're gonna do, but that's kind of normal because I guess that's the point. How they they know Mama and nobody else does. But dude, you're right though. It's definitely overdone. That's not what I thought you were gonna say. Yeah. Well, what do you think? Well, it still has something to do with the kids. What do you guys think? Um, the scene where the kids are basically in slow mo. And every time he turns around, they fucking dart around the corner. I oh. seriously had I had a problem with that. I did not like Me it. Me neither. I didn't find it. It was just stupid. That was like stupid, what? Yeah. 
And I mean, like, okay, in Insidious, when she walks by and the kid's standing in the corner and, and stuff like that, like, that's cool. Like, I like stuff like that. But if you're going to throw it right in our face and, like, have them, you know, just it, it just didn't work for me. It wasn't scary. It wasn't like, no. oh, that, that's cool. Like, it wasn't anything. I was like, this is fucking stupid. Oh, and then they just happen to go around the corner when he turns around and it happened like five times. Yeah. All right. I disagree. Okay. Because when I was watching this movie and they were doing that, I actually said out loud, um, I turned and said, you know, can you imagine if you were walking through your house and the entire time there were all these spirits behind you, like right. sneaking around you and you didn't know it? I mean, like, how creepy would that be? And Patrick's like, well, if you didn't know it, then it wouldn't matter. And I'm like, no, I know that. But I'm just saying, yeah. imagine if that was, I thought it was I thought it was pretty creepy just to put yourself in that situation and imagine that shit could be happening. You don't know. I mean, you no, know, you're right. if you're facing one direction, who the hell knows what's behind you? And that's kind of creepy. Well, I see, your, I see your point, but I just don't think it plays on the screen well, like for a movie. You guys can be wrong. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wrong all the time. No, it, I, I, the thing I got from that is maybe, uh, you know, in different worlds, dimensions, time kind of moves differently. Uh, that's kind of what I got from that. I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. But uh, that's really all. And, I, you know, just like Alex, I, I can't really – I don't know. I can't really cite any examples, but I know I've seen this kind of shit before a million times. I mean, we've all seen it, dude. How many times is somebody, you know, something's in the back. As soon as they turn around, it's gone. Like, and it, and it wasn't necessarily the kids because the kids were fucking creepy as hell yeah. in this movie. And, and the look of them, everything was good, but I just didn't, I don't know. That just didn't do it for me. But, um, yeah, another thing, guys, <laughs> I wanted to ask you. There was one scene, it's towards the end, where he, he climbs up in the attic and the kids are sitting there watching the thing. Now, when that fucking thing pops up like that. Yeah, the ghoul. Dude. I, I, Bagul. Bagul. Dagul. Um, When that happened, dude, I was, I, I don't really get to, like, I, I may jump here and there at horror movies, but I don't really get scared. I was watching this movie on my computer, dude. I fucking jump so i threw my headphones across the room like they, i swear to god i fucking freaked out dude i had to like regain my composure dude i was like holy shit and oh, i had to so cute. i had to get up fucking go get them <laughs> i ripped it out of the fucking socket like wow. those things went flying dude i don't I, I never really get scared that bugged me out that's funny that we both watch this with headphones on I, yeah. I normally don't, but this asshole upstairs, uh, every time I play stuff loud, he starts stomping around to let me know that he knows that it's loud. <laughs> like, take a broom and start hitting bed. Yeah, right? <laughs> take a broom. <laughs> so that that got me, too. Did it? Okay, good. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. Dude. I didn't, like, freak out. But, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> like, like some pussy, but it didn't. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Hey, no, you are what was... you eat. Yeah, you are what you eat. <laughs> but Dan, wasn't there like a double scare because wasn't he on the the screen and the guy was kind of staring at him and then he then he popped up in real life? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Well, and and if you want to talk triple scares, you got all the fucking kids sitting there too. Yeah. So it's, it, it automatically you're like, oh shit, where's this gonna go? I just figured something would happen and he'd fall down, and technically that's what did happen. <laughs> but, Holy shit, I didn't know it was going to get me the way it did. How about this, I, I, what's up? How about this though, man? With the ghoul, mm -hmm. 
I kind of feel like the better view you get of him, the less good he looks and the less scary he is. Like, there, I think, I don't know where it was. and I don't know. They show his face really clearly at the very end. And I think that was too much. I kind of liked it better when it was a little more gritty and old on the screen, like in the pool and, uh, you know, here and there and whatever. And maybe the one you just said where he put, jumped up in the attic. But I think there was one scene where – I think it was at, the like, the end or something where he they show his face again. And um, I think that was a little too much. I think you could have just left him a little further away from me and not get such a good look at his face. I think that would have been better because I, I don't know the face. It looks scary from a distance. I just think it looks a little. Um... Yeah, I, I I see what you're saying. It it didn't really. I I, I personally didn't even think about it. I uh, I like the look of them though. But I know what you're saying, dude. Especially those scenes, like you said, in the pool, and then uh, even on the computer screen, it's pretty clear. But it's just it's kind still of uh, not clear. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and I think it's meant to be like in the background, and that's what makes it creepy. Like, yeah, we see. And when they zoom in on it, that's creepy. Right. I love that stuff when they zoom in on stuff. Uh, all right. So I guess we'll wrap it up. Basically, okay. So as they do that, they he realizes that there's there's pictures of um, the deaths as a kid drew them, and what he notices that Mister Boogie is in all the pictures. So he kind of puts together the idea, and I wonder if you guys did that. Mr. Boogie is not – he's hes not the one filming or killing. He's always in all the videos. Right. So it turns out that the kids killed everyone, like all the missing kids, like Stephanie. Now, mm-hmm. that's – you know, did you guys figure that out before it was pointed out that the ghoul was, like, in all the videos? Like when he was in the bushes, when the four people were hanging, yet you still see that thing go to the branch, whatever, so they all hang. Um mm-hmm. He was in the I love that. he was in the pool, so obviously he was not the one pulling the ropes. Did you guys figure that out before they like told and don't lie? Come on, yep. <laughs> before they like pointed that out because I did not really. Oh no, dude, I'm stupid too, bro. I didn't get that at all. Yeah, I was Actually, surprised. Yeah, we had we were having a conversation while we were watching the movie, and that was one of the theories that that popped up. Um, I mean, we had a couple of other things too. I mean, you know how it is when you're talking mm-hmm. about a movie, and um, but that was one of the things that uh, we figured it was, and and so that one ended up being right. But um, I was kind of upset that I was able to figure out that he shouldn't move before he did. I mean, he never really figured that out. The deputy told him, you yeah. know, but I mean, I was like, damn it, you should have figured that out, you know, because I mean, the way it went with the five murders that he was looking at, the um, and this is kind of important to the story, I guess, is that each family, you know, had previously lived in the murder house and right. not in, not in this one, but in a murder house. Yes. So yes. like the, the family, they got drowned. Then the next family moved, you know, lived in that house, but then they moved. And once they moved to a new house, that's when they got killed. And then someone moved into their old house and then they moved and then, you know, whatever. So at the end, you know, I'm like, when he says, you know, get the kids, we're moving. I'm like, no, don't leave. You can't leave. Did I mean, you? nothing will. Yeah. I'm like, nothing will happen to you as long as you stay. You know, it it, it well it won't kill you in that house. It'll only kill you when you move. And I'm like, why doesn't he know this yet? I was really upset with him for not figuring that out. And then they moved, and then the deputy called, and he's like, 
no, you shouldn't have moved. And I'm like, God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I seriously thought he would have figured, like, I was really confused by the fact that he hadn't figured that out. How do you like the whole approach that, because, you know, you always think the person um, that you're following, you know, in the movie uh, that knows um, about the mystery and knows everything that's going on and nobody else believes it, you, you kind of think they're immune to the idea of becoming just another statistic. Like, well, I'm on top of this, so I can't be one of these people that this is going to happen to because I'm fully aware of all this. Like, how do you right. feel about that, that – um you know, it's like, oh, no, it can't happen to me. I'm the one who's figuring this out. I'm on top of it, you know, and, and he is just another one. Like, how do you feel about that when the main character is going to get killed off? I love it. There's this there's this big trend uh, these days of, of movies where everyone dies. You mm-hmm. know, the, the, yeah. the end is always dark. No one prevails. And I, for one, love it. I love really dark endings. And I love to see everyone die. So it um, it makes me happy when they will follow through with something like that because this is something supernatural, obviously, that you should not be able to control. So mm-hmm. if he were, if his family, if he were to get out of this after he completed the the you know what was necessary by moving, you know, if they were to then get out of this, then. Um, it really wouldn't make much sense because he doesn't, you know, there's nothing super powery about him. You know, he's a mm-hmm. regular guy. He should fall victim to what this is. And then, of course, it continues. And, um, you know, I really like that. I like the fact that this is stronger than the knowledge of this. And even though, no, even though you know yeah. about it, if you make the wrong move, you're still going down. And well um, said. I, I love it when... Uh, a movie is not afraid to not give us a happy ending. I mean, like, say, for instance, take movies from the 80s. They always ended, well, the majority of them ended on a on a high note. Well, I mean, it, you know, m- the majority of people got killed. There might be one person surviving, but there was that one survivor. You know, there was that strong person who made it to the end. Yeah, the big chase, and they came out on top. So even though everyone else died, you're still happy about the one. Right, and and we have sort of gotten away from that nowadays. Mm-hmm. I know, and I've heard a lot of people say that they're really tired of it. You know, they're tired of everybody dying, but I don't really see why. You know, I mean, it's a horror film. I right. watch them to see people die. So give me a really good dark, exactly depressing ending because I don't watch horror to feel to feel warm and fuzzy. You yeah. know. Okay, so the ending, uh, basically, uh, his daughter. You know, is just going to follow the pattern. Uh, I love that, too. Like, when he realizes, you know, and that's one thing I realized ahead of time, that <clears throat> once he found out or realized that the boogeyman's not doing the killing, um, it was clear that the kids were. He's drinking his uh, drink, and he looks down, and there's like a pill or something inside of it, and he knows he was drugged, and he starts getting dizzy. That was pretty cool. But Loved it. I got to tell you, man, with all the uh, other kills... Just uh, getting axed to death. I mean, I, I guess it's it's not any less. I mean, you know, the one he just they were all laying in Benny slit their throats. But there's something I don't know. The rooms were darker. It was just creepier. 
No, I didn't. I didn't. I was not happy with that. I said the no. same. I said the same thing. Yeah. I mean, after all the cool, elaborate yeah. deaths that we got to watch, that was really anticlimactic. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, you know, because imagine one. Okay, my favorites are the. I love the tree, and we see that one a lot. It was, yeah. you know, love a it. lot. Um, but I love that one. Uh, I love the swimming pool one, and all these are very elaborate, and they take time to set up. Mm-hmm. You right. know, chopping someone's chopping some up with an, with an axe. You know, the the longest thing it took to set that up was tying them up, <laughs> and that's not really all that interesting. No, yeah. no. I also didn't like the I didn't like the throat slitting one either. I thought that was boring as well. But you know, I do think I do wish they had ended the film on a higher note as far as well a more exciting. Yeah climax as far as that goes however i will say it was kind of cool to see the little girl dragging the axe you know because yeah. it's as it's as big oh. as she is you know <laughs> and so afterward you know when she comes in she, you see her standing in the hall and she's like dragging the axe mm. along with her um and oh, that's kind of cool you know because <laughs> honestly would a little girl like that be able to swing an axe no. with enough force to do that you know on her own so it sort of gives you the impression that that there's something else behind this. Something sinister, if you will. <laughs> nice. Oh, shit. Yeah, and it's, it's funny that you mentioned the, um, the, the throat slashing um, one, too. Because like you said, you liked his reaction and stuff like that. One thing I've noticed. Now, I'm not going to go as far as to say this is like an art film or anything. But there's some great shots. Like, like you said, the first shot that they uh, open up with, you know, before they even do the title, the title. sequence. It's... Uh, it's, you know, them hanging from the tree. That's how they open the movie. And then, like I said, with the throat slash, that, if you look at it, that's all through his reflection of his glasses, dude. I love that shot. Yeah. That's one thing I, re- I rewinded it, actually. I was like, that was fucking amazing. Like, that was great. And like you said, his re- you caught his reaction, and you could still see what was going on, but, you know, in the reflection of his glasses. There was a lot of scenes like that, very well shot. And uh, yeah, I love I I fucking love this movie. This is definitely one of my top movies of of uh, top movies of the year. Not just horror either. This is one of my favorite movies, hands down. This is up there with Insidious. Yeah, I really really liked it. It did not scare me like Insidious did. Mm. I mean, like Insidious, I couldn't sleep by myself after I watched Insidious. I had to call my friend over to come spend the night with me <laughs> because that's how freaked out I was. I mean, it was just. Ugh. But uh, so this one didn't do that to me, but it was definitely effective. I really enjoyed it, and I have to agree that it is surely one of my top films of last year. And yes. I, it's unfortunate that I didn't watch it before I did my top list because it would have made it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely. I, yep. I kind of like when the kids were all just always hanging out, just watching the the movies of themselves getting or killing the family because. I, I, I could see myself just watching these tapes over and over again, you know, like like all these like my favorite part of the movie was kind of those those tapes, those. Uh, when you're a ghost, though, can you drink whiskey? If you're a ghost, no, I think it'll just fall on the floor if you pour hmm. it down. Yeah. I couldn't wait to see how the next family got killed. Like I, yeah, right. Well, there. I mean, and of course, we're horror fans. That's what we look for. But it. There was something really twisted about it, and so we got into a conversation about that as well when we were talking about how, um, you know, if the, because Patrick said if they're affecting you this way, stop watching them. 
you know, and I said, like, you could fucking stop watching them. Okay. That is impossible. You can't, you know, if you, if you have this box of tapes in front of you, there is no way that you're going to not watch them all, or at least no way I'm not gonna, you know, I mean, once you get into it, you have to know what else there is. You just have to, you know, that's human nature. Um, and of course there are those people who wouldn't, but, um, for me, I, you know, no, I would definitely be digging in and I'd be watching them all because I got to know, you know. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, what do you want to rate this movie? Dan, you want to go first? Uh, 9.5, dude. Really? Love it. Wow. That's... What are your favorite horror movies? Is Scream. That's a 10? Uh, yeah, Scream's a 10. So this Absolutely. is 9.5. So this is, yep. is this your top five favorite horror movie then? Uh, dude, I would say so. And that's, you know, you talk about, um, you know, psychological horror and, and slashers, and there's a prime example, you know? Wow. There's a slasher and uh, kind of, you know, I just, uh, I think it's a great movie, dude, hands down. And, you know, we talk all the time about different kind of movies and stuff like that, too. And, uh, you know, I think this is a contender with uh, with all of them. Obviously, it's wow. not I didn't expect it. such a high rating. I love it, dude. And, and this is one, too, where... Um, it's it's one of those like accessible movies. Like a lot of people, I can't I can't have them sit down and fucking watch Jason Takes Manhattan. <laughs> this this is accessible, but at the same time, I, I feel like I, I feel proud to be a horror fan when movies like this come out. Yeah. Okay. Wow. You know, it represents us well. Okay, I'm gonna go. Uh, this is this still gets a really high rating from me, but um, not as high as Dan. I'm gonna say eight point five. Mm-hmm. Uh, And one thing that we always complain about with these movies these days is a lack of originality. Well, that is something that you absolutely cannot say this movie suffers from. Yes. Um, It is extraordinary in its originality. Uh, This is something you have never really seen before. I mean, we've been talking during the conversation about things that it reminded us of or whatever, but no one has ever seen anything just like this. And, um, you know, I enjoy that. It's it's nice that you see some definite character changes. You see some. Um, I mean, he his character goes through runs through the gamut of emotions throughout this film, and uh, they take their toll. And I really really like that kind of character development when you take the time to put that much effort into a story. So um, yeah, love this movie. Highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. And eight point five. Nice. I'm gonna give this a solid eight. Nice. But that's okay. that's good. I mean, uh, you know, that's that's for me. It's a top uh, top movie of the year too. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I just loved all the lost footage or whatever you want to call it stuff, found footage stuff. Uh, loved Ethan Hawke's character. I loved how he did it. I the the little too dark for me. I don't know. I just wish the scenes were lit a lot better. For, yeah, that that is my one complaint. Yeah, I didn't like the kids dipping off into other rooms as soon as he turned around. It's like I don't understand that. Like, were they were they, were they truly visible that they would have to do that? I don't even know. Right. Um, that was strange. The ending <clears throat> that was interesting. How all the kids kind of walked into the film or something like that. Or didn't I didn't grasp that too much. The concept, I guess, they live within the film, like you said. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the, the, he had made the the conclu- or come to the conclusion somewhere earlier in the film that the missing child when he takes the missing child. Oh, they go in the film. That they go into the film, and um, 
Oh, I do want to add one more thing about the kids popping out, like, or ducking out, you know, whether um, another thing to consider as far as that is concerned is that they are children and children, you know, play children play, you know, they mm-hmm. hide and they, you know, sneak up on adults and whatever, you know, I just think it's uh, one more layer to, to that. All right. That's true. Yep. All right. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> you got a 9.5, 8.5 and an eight. That was sinister. So you, Damn. To, we liked it. Yep. <laughs> we really liked we it. We definitely recommend that. Uh, so check that out, please. Yes, definitely. All right. We'll be right back to wrap it up with our feature presentation, Mama. This is Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com with all the skinfo from the latest movies. New in theaters, Jessica Chastain stars in the military thriller Zero Dark Thirty. To see her clothes go AWOL, report to the 2008 flick Jolene, where she gets topless and leses out with Francis Fisher 32 minutes in. That'll have your privates standing at attention. This is the Mr. Skin Minute. Nude on Blu-ray, blonde babe Dreama Walker from TV's Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23 stars in compliance. 28 minutes in, she gets strip searched in a fast food joint and shows off her McNuggets. Dreama, you just supersized me. Also nude on Blu-ray, it's the Showtime series episodes with Matt LeBlanc. Check out super busty Sophie Rundle showing off her massive all-natural rack. She'll turn you into Matt LeSpank. Oh, my cookies. All right, this weekend, Mama came out. So that is a new movie, 2013. I just love the way you say it. Every time you say it, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Say it again. You know, say it What, Mama? Mama. (laughs) Mama, you had me, but I never had you. John Lennon, everybody. Uh, you know, I want to say one thing. This is, uh, like, I have the most bizarre, insane coincidences and connections, like, sp- like spiritual, I think, <laughs> with with a lot of people I love, you know, like uh, famous people. Uh, this happens all the time. And, they, like, here's an example, and it happened this weekend. Okay. With Arnold? Yeah. Wow, it's so funny you said that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Arnold. So, okay. Two movies came out this weekend. The Last Stand with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Mama. All right? Now, Arnold's my favorite ever of movies, actor, action, everything. And uh, so I watched that. The day came out, Friday. Then I watched Mama Saturday. So I come home, and it was last night. So I said, you know, I want to see another Arnold movie because I have all of them. So... I looked through my pile and I said, which one have I not seen in the longest amount of time? And it was Twins. <laughs> so I go, all right, let me put in Twins. How strange. The premise of Twins is that him and Danny DeVito are twins and they're looking for their parents. Right. Do you know how Arnold Schwarzenegger refers to the mom? Oh. Uh, oh. Oh. Weird. Can you believe that? <laughs> yeah, it's good. He's like, I'll play a clip. I'm, I'll put it in right here. Like, listen to this, and you will not believe. Like, what a strange coincidence. His movie came out, that movie came out in the same day, and I happened to feel like watching a movie, and I happened to pick 
that movie out of all of them, and that's what he says. On the same day, I watched Mama. And, and I'm the missing part of your life. And when we find Mama, we can feel the missing part of hers. Mama? Mama. What do you think of that? That's crazy, dude. Wow. Uh, well, how bizarre. I don't know. Like, I, I don't. I mean, most kids call their mom mama, so it's not unusual. Oh, Jamie, how many did you, did Arnold say <laughs> mama in Terminator Two? Well, no, but I. Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor, John, get your mama. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right, I'll give it. Mama, get through the chopper. (laughs) John, make sure you take care of your mama (laughs) because she's going to teach you how to fight the war. (laughs) You you will protect all of you mankind. All right, all right. (laughs) You can have it. (laughs) Okay, mama, can you sew me up here? Pull these bullets out of... It's fascinating. I was only... It is. But these happen all the time, and they happen with Howard Stern all the time with me. Like, for example, I'll play a show from 2003, and he'll have a guest on that died the day I'm playing. That's weird. Like, this... These things happen all the time. Okay, how about this? Um, I'm not going to die, am I? No, I have no signs of that, no. M. Night Shyamalan was oh this was a crazy one m night Shyamalan was on howard in 2003 like around i'm gonna say this had to be june july august or september and he was promoting signs i swear to god i watched that that same day i played that uh, while i was at work i come home and i i used to watch this weekly show the nostalgia critic Mm -hmm. where he reviews old movies he reviewed signs that day. Ooh. That's cool. Like, this stuff happens to me all the time. So I put it together like, you know, this is all, there's no mistakes. Everything is meant to be. And I see all these signs, you know, no pun intended. No, yeah. And people said to me, well, that's great, but what do you make of it? So what does it mean? And the only thing I come up with is like, like, what does it mean? Like, I can't do anything with this knowledge. But I guess all it's there to tell me is that everything's meant to be, so make sure everything you do, like, just treat it very importantly, you know? Yeah. Like, don't ever blow things off. Don't ever, like, think that you just happen to talk to Dan out of nowhere and you ended up on the show. Like, that was all meant to happen. Like, Jamie, like, why did I listen to her show out of all the choices? And then, you know, contact her, become friends with her. And it was all meant to be, like... How did how did it all happen? It's just like amazing, you know. How did these? How did we get thrown off of this side? How did these guys get us thrown off? And then we got them thrown off after they did. You know, it's just like right. everything is like it's 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 all aligned. It's all meant to happen. It's just really weird. I totally agree, man. I've had not so much recently, but I I used to have shit like that happen all the time. Have I ever told you guys about the number that follows me around? I it's it's either one eleven or eleven eleven, and it's the most ridiculous thing ever i mean like all right i'll check out you know either my phone or whatever a couple times a day 111 or 1111 every time i wow. look at clocks do you make, and i mean do you make 1111 wishes 
No, I I do. I do no. too. Yeah, and and See, I, I didn't even try, know. I catch but. I catch eleven eleven just about both times every day, and I'm, right, I'm, I'm really, really good at that. Yeah, and Jimmy, uh, sometimes what? I I catch both eleven elevens and one elevens. It's the craziest fucking thing in my life. And sometimes, dude, I won't even be looking. You know, you know how sometimes. Okay, say if you're in your house. You know, you'll glance at the clock more times as if you were, you know, at work or something when you're busy or whatever. Doesn't matter. I could have the busiest day of my life. Those two times that I check my phone, boom. It's just the craziest thing ever. So, yeah, man, I, wow. I know what you're saying with that. It's Isn't and, that fucking weird? And 420. I always look up <laughs> 420. Well, yeah. I bet. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Oh, you. All right. So, Mama, yeah, what are we talking about? <laughs> I don't know, is this a movie review? Yeah, so we're reviewing Mama. Okay. Uh, this movie starts off uh, with a once upon a time type of thing. And, Jamie, would you say uh, it does feel like a gothic fairy tale? I would agree with that, yes. Yeah. Uh, and I liked that approach. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, one of those very high-quality horror movies. Uh, you know, not one of those uh, Silent Night type movies or anything. Um <laughs> So, the premise, this guy kills people at work, and his wife takes the kids, dis, you know, takes off. They, uh, they're in the backseat of the car, he goes off a cliff, they land in a ditch, they walk to this cabin in the woods, he decides to kill the kids and himself, so he takes the girl's glasses off, one of the girls, he has two daughters, and he makes her turn around. He's about to blow her head off. And then this ghost, apparition, grabs him before he does it. I guess twists his head, kills him. Nice. And the two girls are there with no dad. So <clears throat> five years later, these girls have been there the whole time. And this ghost is, is I guess, taking care of them. So um, this guy's brother, the, the dad's brother... Uh, has been looking for these kids and the dad actually because nobody has seen all three of them and he pays these guys to do it they find the car still you know cra I don't know how the police can't do this I, I, I don't know how hard it is to, to I don't know how far away it was from home or whatever but whatever and then they find the cabin and then they find the girls and they've been living in there alone living off of cherries for five years and now they walk around like animals. They're all fucking grimy and dirty. They're almost they're almost not human. They're like animals now. Yeah. And uh, so they take them and they um, you know clean them up and put them in this normal environment in like a hospital or whatever. And then the uncle wants to adopt them. And he's Jamie. Is he married to or dating that short black haired chick? He's dating her. Okay, and she's very anti-children, and that's a big... Yeah, well, I mean, she plays in a rock band. He's an artist. She likes their life the way it is, and she, I mean, and to, to sort of drive that home, when we first see her, she's taking a pregnancy test, and it's negative, and she is super happy about it. <laughs> so she does not want anything to interrupt her life the way it is now, which I totally understand. I get that, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, wait. Um... I mean, I don't want kids either, and so that makes sense. But then, you know, she gets these sort of landed in her lap. There's a little bit of resentment there. Yeah. So that's it's interesting. There's like a whole character arc with her. So uh, for overall thoughts, before we uh, get into spoilers, 
because I know some people might want to hold off until they watch this, uh, and they want to see if we recommend it to begin with, to see if they even should. So this was a solid film. The second act was definitely a slow burner. You know, the beginning of the movie is very interesting. The middle is is slow, but it, it just keeps my attention enough. They slowed it down when the male characters kind of are removed for a while. Um, there's semi-suspenseful moments during this dude's, like, absence. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'd categorize the middle as overall slow burner at that point. The plot was uh, really interesting in some points, kind of dull in others. Some Some of the plot points were like written to like have some magnificent ending mm-hmm. like the part two of the when the part two of the plot comes to fruition which jamie you know the thing in the box it almost ends up not being as important as it sort of was led to like you were led to believe it would be throughout the movie oh, i hate that i thought it was pretty solid i enjoyed it and um i think that they did some really great character work with uh with annabelle and that was enjoyable the kids were phenomenal yeah they i mean especially victoria she is she's such a good little actress she did an an amazing job the only complaint that i have i guess is there's a lot of cgi mm-hmm. and i'm just wondering if it could have been pulled off practically with you know, I don't know, with, with to a, a better end, you know, um, the way it is now, the visuals of Mama are so close to, like, the grudge, you know, as far as, like, this, the wispy coming out of the walls, black yeah. tendril things, you know, right. um, and then, of course, she does a lot of the, like, quirky body movements and stuff that we've come Yeah, like her back is right, bent. that we've... That we've come so familiar right. with um, over the past few years. I think if they had approached the apparition a little bit differently, maybe with a little bit more originality, it would have been better. However, uh, I still really enjoyed this film quite a bit. Do you like all the fingers going in different directions and stuff? Yeah, it was kind of creepy. I mean, you know, thing bodies moving unnaturally is always creepy, you know. Although there's one that I didn't get, like, and there's this, um, there's this scene where, like, she's chasing after them, only she's standing, like, her ass is coming at them, and she's bent over, and her, she's bent over forward, and her head is kind of peeking around the back, and she's running at them backwards. Did, did, did you notice that? I didn't notice that her ass was, uh, in the lead. It's so weird. I was like, (laughs) what? Who would do that? Why would she even do that? No one moves like that. You would. It just doesn't make any sense. Why would you chase anyone with your ass? You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who does but, that? You know. I I do it if I'm gonna fart on somebody, but. <laughs> That's <laughs> Terrence. Yes, Philip. Yeah, Terrence, you just farted on me. <laughs> what? Okay. How about this? Do you think there was too much? mama on screen no or would you like her more in the shadows or was it was all right no i liked it the way it was i just um well like i said i wish they'd handled it a little bit differently i like the fact though that we got to see what we did but they did a lot of clever stuff with her off screen 
um, that like pulling the blanket. Exactly, stuff. that's exactly what I was thinking of. Pulling the blanket, so you think that the two kids are playing by themselves, and then you see Victoria standing in the hall, and you know she's not playing with Victoria. And oh you're like, shit! Then you're like, oh, <laughs> um, but it's so. Uh, I really like the way it was handled um, as far as that goes. I think there was a good mixture of on-screen, off-screen. Um, well, you, know, you get to see her enough so the people who want to see it, um, who complain about not getting to see whatever it is, uh, I think mm. they'll be happy with that. And also, I don't think it was overkill, though. I think it was just fine. I mean, we they, okay. they showed her just as much as they should have. I do... However, wish they had gone into more of a backstory of her. with Mama. Yeah, I mean, I would right. like to know more about why she was in the hospital for the sad people. You know, yeah. there was a yeah. They do like flashback scenes where Mama kind of tells people uh, things through dreams. Mm-hmm. Those were great. Oh, very good. Yeah, like. Um... The premise basically is the obsession with uh, these kids are kind of like really into this uh, thing that they've been living with for five years. And um, the uh, adoptive parents or whatever are trying to snap them out of that. And it's that's basically like the movie. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So before we get into it, so uh, do you recommend it? How do you rate the movie? Uh, yeah, I definitely recommend this. I think this is a really solid start to the new year. I'm happy. Uh, so I'm going to say that this movie gets an eight. Okay. Nice. I thought by the trailer that it would be a lot darker and scarier. I guess that it's funny. That trailer was done really well, and the trailer for The Last Stand was done really bad. <laughs> like, they're <laughs> complete bipolar opposites right. of what the movie actually turned out to be. This movie was a little lighter than I thought it would be. There was some humor, like the uh, the younger kid of the two daughters. Actually, she seemed like she was comic relief. Yeah, there was quite a bit of humor, which I always appreciate in a horror film because it, it keeps you on your toes. It takes you off guard. Um, you know, it's, it's always good to follow, you know, to get people relaxed and laughing and then, you know, come back at them with something nice and scary. It right. works. Uh, I, I see, I can't recommend this movie without having like, uh, things around it like uh if you like this or if you like that would you say this movie you'll like this movie if you're into stuff like uh the japanese horror like the grudge and the ring and stuff yeah it's definitely influenced you, i mean you can see the influence uh, the visual influence as you know as well as the story um this is something that this is a storyline that you could easily plug into japanese lore um mm-hmm. And or or any any culture where the matriarchal matriarchal figure is prominent, uh, I think that uh, people who are into stuff like that could appreciate this storyline for that reason. Mm-hmm. Well, and can yeah. I note too, guys? This is PG thirteen, which is uh, uh, yeah, right. Jamie, how did that affect the movie? Uh, well, you know, I really don't. I really don't mind watching movies that are PG thirteen if they're nope. good. It doesn't bother me. The only thing, though, I hate. I hate PG thirteen rated horror because of the thirteen year olds in the theater. I. Nah, I just right. there were so many, the young teens in 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 the theater when I went to see it, and they just annoyed the piss out of me. Now, as long as they're being good, I don't care. But when they're obnoxious, then I just 
I have to regulate. It takes me out of the movie, <laughs> you know, and then I get all irritated um, because there's when I go to watch a horror film, I have to immerse myself completely and I want to immerse myself completely. You flip open your phone, you open your mouth, you, you know, you run up and down the aisles. You're going to get on my nerves and yeah. then then I'm going to have to be mean and I just, it ruins the whole experience for me. So that's really the only problem I have with watching a PG-13 film is that you just, you know, you run the risk of that. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I give this movie a seven and a half. Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. You guys yeah, gave I was, it some good I was wavering. I was wavering. I mean, I, I could see going at as low as a seven but yeah i was gonna say seven that's a yeah. really solid score either way um right. yeah right i'm gonna yeah maybe seven actually yeah and i didn't see this movie i didn't do my homework yeah dan's uh his i guess local theaters didn't have it and that's weird i i didn't know this was a limited release of any way i don't know maybe that doesn't mean it's limited no but. i just didn't feel like driving up to the uh to the big one it was like 45 minutes away but the way you guys are talking about it in your ratings though i definitely do want to see it um yeah when the dad kills the mom and and they end up going to that cabin in the woods um the one daughter is um i guess six right or so is a good age for the oldest daughter they are one and three three yeah she seemed older. They actually okay. say that. Okay. Uh, so the, then this when they find them is five years later. So now she's eight. So what that means is that the three-year-old was already kind of adapted to a normal life. And she could talk and articulate herself, you know, say my glasses are broken and all that kind of stuff. And the one-year-old, you know, it's a one-year-old. Just kind of sit there looking around, doesn't really know what's going on probably can't remember anything at that point kind of like dan <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly when she is hanging with this this mama for five years that's all she knows she walks the way she walks she like an animal is is right off the bat basically in her life because you, you only start walking like at around one i think and it's all she knows she has like no concept of a normal life so the cool thing about when they go into the normal environment, the older girl is like torn between her attachment to mama because, you know, that's what she's known for five years. Also, her desire to live a normal life. And she's more prone and more interested in crossing over and having a normal life with normal people. And the younger one, it's like not even on the radar. And this girl is not going to change. Even to the point where like... When they go into normal home, she sleeps on the floor under the bed, which I suppose is what she did in that cabin or something. Well, and she still eats. I mean, if you notice, when there, whenever there's a meal time, the you know the family will be around the table, but the, Lily is sitting on the floor, and she's still eating cherries. Yeah, and, and you uh, know, along with moths. <laughs> yeah, she eats moths. And like a she like a bug too that she was stuffing in like a doll's mouth. I suppose she probably ate that at one point. But and the other interesting thing is even when they got right out of the car to go to that house, it's a clear sign of where this is going. She comes out of the car with bare feet. Like she doesn't even want to wear shoes. She th there's no interest in that younger girl to get get off the path she's on. 
she wants it. She's in love with Mama, and she wants nothing besides that. So that's interesting. So it's like a <clears throat> it's an uh, uphill battle, obviously. Yeah. Well, that's all she knows, and that and Mama was good to her. You know, she has no reason to want anything else. I mean, it's just like, well, any child, you know, when when it comes to their mother, even if their mother is abusive, which uh, Mama was not, but even if their mother is abusive, a child. A child's mother is their mother, and that's who they're going to cling to. Um, and this is all she's ever known as a mother. I mean, because you know, at the age of one, you really you don't retain any of that, retain any of those memories. Honestly, at the age of three, you're really not going to retain a lot of that either. They were really pushing it with that, um, yeah. because at three, you're still going to you're, you're going to forget the majority of that. But um, you know, they, so they kind of pushed the boundary with that one, but I was okay with it. I, you know, I'm not going to complain too much about that. But, mm. um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it makes sense that that's what that that's all she knows, and that's what she that's what she wants. Yeah. Well, that's why I assumed that she was actually older. I figured, um, right, that's a little too young. Right, to... and you're right in that. It does make sense that she yeah. she should have been a little older for that to be so. I mean, because when she moves into the house, she's walking upright. I mean perfectly straight posture she's got great diction she has good grammar she's you know she's very well spoken and well presented she doesn't at all seem like a feral child that was pulled out of the woods you know and if you watch like true stories about children who are you know locked like the, the kids with the dogs and stuff right you know or or whether they're they're kept in a cage by people or locked in a basement or where whatever whenever they come across those children who have been uh, yeah, who have been secluded from the public and interactions with the public, Some, the majority of the time, they don't come back. I mean, like, if if they... And, of course, it, a lot of it depends on age, but um, once they reach, you know, a high enough age, the, you're not getting them back, at least not completely, you know? Yeah. Um, so there was a little bit of license there that they took as far as how easily Victoria was able to tra- like, basically transplant herself from living in the woods to living in normal society. But uh, I think that it was important that they do that because we wanted to really see the juxtaposition between Victoria and Lily. Where, I mean, it's important to note that Victoria wanted this regular life. She, she, started to care for Annabelle and she wanted to be with Annabelle and she wanted, she knows that this is the way it should be. Whereas Lily didn't have a clue. So I think that they did that on purpose to just take them as far apart from each other as they could realistically. Does that make, does that make sense? No, it's perfect. I feel like I, I feel like I rambled a lot, but (laughs) no, no, I, I hung on every word. No. Um, even when they went into that, when they, the two hunters found the kids, uh, Victoria was totally into the the walk, the clawing at people, all that stuff. I mean, she's well, this is embedded in her really well. She really uh, is into the whole crawling around and she's moving quickly. And it's, it, it's, it's strange that <clears throat> you could snap out of that so quickly. How long, how long did, were they in that uh, hospital type thing? 87 days. Yeah, see, no, that's uh, that's a little... so not quite three months, and that so that's really kind of hard to believe that she would make that many leaps and bounds in that small amount of time. 
However, like I said, you know, I think that they, I mean, they, they felt that they needed to move the story along. We can't spend, you know, yeah. we're not watching Walk Like a Man. You know, we can't spend an hour and a half trying to get in. And if anybody does not, if anybody gets that reference, then I love you forever. But um, mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's an old Howie Mandel movie uh, where he was a, a feral guy. And um, anyway, it's funny. But uh <laughs> You know, we don't have all day to sit and, and watch them try to retrain her to be normal. It's important that we get to the point where she is. So I understand that. Uh, it's just, you know, it's not completely realistic, but then uh, neither is the whole thing. So <laughs> yeah. there you go. And what freaks me out is how are the hell are these kids not even afraid of Mama? Like, how do you uh, look at that and, and you're just, oh, well, that's what she looks like, a uh, gray wispy demon that floats in midair and uh walks like uh all her bones are broken like i don't know i don't understand how uh even instinctively a kid is not afraid of that it's just very strange um i just don't get it i I think they would have been and i think they were probably but you know the very first instant they have with her well apart from her like taking the father which they didn't really see um well, did she? Well, she turn was standing around? outside the window. Um, because she says there's a woman there's outside. There's a woman outside, and her feet aren't touching the ground. Yeah, or the floor is what she said. And but, she didn't scream and run away. Now, well, I mean, yeah, you know, kids can. Maybe she was just curious, but then you notice that she she sort of plied them with a cherry, like almost immediately she rolls the cherry to them, and so then you get the idea that like she her her relationship was a slow build. You know, she stayed in the shadows at that point, you know, and then she's just feeding them. And naturally, I mean, just like any creature, if you feed it, if you care for it, it's going to come to trust you and going to come to love you. So I imagine it took a little while, but then eventually when that's all you know, it becomes normal. It's true. This is is a very interesting story either way. I mean, just not even for the horror aspect. Just for storytelling um, and just, you know, watching this all kind of take place and the really great performances, uh, I would recommend that you just watch this. I'm not going to say that you're going to, like, walk out of the theater or however you decide to watch it and say, wow, that was amazing. That's definitely going to be a top ten in my list at the end of the year. I'm not even saying that. But it's just uh, such an interesting story. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. Well, well written, well done. It is very well done. I like it quite a bit. Yeah, I wish it were longer. Honestly, I would like to have delved a little bit deeper, and like I said earlier, into the backstory of Mama. Um, I would like to know a little bit more about that character. But uh, it was really well done. The character arc. I will please let me talk about this character arc. Yeah. Okay. So for here, I did it spoilers. So now. We're going to get to, like, how characters changed, and then we're going to talk about some characters, uh, if they were significant, and what happened to them, and then we're going to talk about the ending, and if that paid off or not. So, if you're going to watch this, then go ahead and skip this and come back when you're done. Uh, so, go ahead. Uh, okay. Um, the One of the best... Now, and this was really fun for me, because I watched these two movies very close together, Sinister and Mama. Both of them had excellent character arcs that I really got into and uh, that is important to me 
Um, so this one, what we get to see is we watch Annabelle. Like I've already discussed how in the beginning, Annabelle clearly does not want children. She's happy with her life the way it is. She doesn't want any of that to change. So naturally, when these two children that she's not married to him, she really doesn't even, she has no obligation to this, but they're dumped in her lap. And she takes it in stride. You know, her friend says, ah, leave him. And she's like, no, I can't do that to him. You know, this is way too important to him. I can't do it. So then, of course, he gets, um, he has this accident. <laughs> yeah, Mama um, comes out of the wall. And just, yeah, knocks his ass down the stair, off the stairs. Which was, and he lands which, head first which was an amazing stair fall. I loved it. Oh, my it. God. I loved it. It was unbelievable. I don't know how he I survived just, it, honestly. But. And I just want to throw in that the part where he goes into a coma. Like, you got to take this into consideration with her character arc. Number one, she doesn't want kids. She's on the toilet cheering that she's not pregnant. Number two, now she has to take care of these kids with him. Number three, now he's in a coma and it's all her? Right. Like, and she that is a... Yeah, that's a lot more than she bargained for. Even if you take into consideration that now she has to take care of his nieces, that's more than she bargained for. Now he's in a coma, and she's still doing it. That's way more than she bargained right. for. Right. I mean, she says, this is not my job. I didn't sign up for this. But the fact is, if she walks away, his uh, his aunt or their aunt is going to swoop in and take the children. And Lucas does not want that. Like, he he wants to take care of his nieces he wants them there. So she does for him. She stays behind and takes care of these children, even though she's sick of it. She hates it. She thinks they hate that. She thinks they hate her. She's completely unhappy. But then throughout the film, we have these wonderful little moments. Like when she goes and she brings Lily uh, inside, when she found her asleep under the tree outside, she brings her in and she warms her up. And there's a really sweet, touching moment there. Um, with her and this little wild child. And, you know, she starts to develop real affection for these children, which completely makes sense. If you start, you know, if you take care of someone, even if you start out with resentment, um, you know, and you start taking care of them, it is not unnatural for a relationship to then develop there. So what we have in the end is that she ends up being not only the caregiver for these children, but she takes over the mother figure, and it, when Edith, um, well, Mama, is at the end uh, attempting to take to take the children away, um, you know, when she's pulling on Lily, Annabelle actually says the words, my baby. I didn't hear that. She says, no, my baby. So she loves these children. And I think Mama could see that. Oh, oh, yeah. And that is... Probably one of my favorite parts about this film is watching her is watching the change through, in her throughout, and I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, she stole the show with that. And remember that part where I said how a uh, a plot in the movie kind of seemed like it was going to be huge, important, and then it just kind of was important for a minute, and then became unimportant. Yes, it was the uh, <clears throat> the baby in the box. I thought that was really cool how they showed like. You know, she never knew what happened to the baby, and then all of a sudden they show a visual, like a picture, I, I guess, that the doctor had, and you see the baby in, in uh, some like a sack blanket kind of, kind of thing that they turned into, like, you know, that would hold the baby, hanging from the tree branch of the um, cliff she fell off of. 
No, I like that. I also like the fact that, uh, and I was wondering when I'm watching this, when they when they gave the box of remains, because here's the here's the thing. I mean, they feel like Mama is unsatisfied. She's incomplete because she dove off a cliff with her baby, and the baby got hung on a tree branch, and she continued to fall. She never knew what happened to her baby. She never was reunited with her baby. And then when they buried the remains, or they didn't even bury the baby's remains, they put them in a warehouse in right. a box. So you get the idea that this is basically a, this is a, a restless spirit who is in search of her child, and that's why she took up with these children, and that's why she cares for them so much. You know, she wants her baby back. So then you figure, okay, you give her her baby, she'll be fine. Right. Well, and she was. You know, I mean, she was for, a minute. She, for about a minute there. She was great. And I love she even the, turned into a human a little bit. right? Yeah. And I love the fact that they showed us the baby skeleton. I was afraid that they might shy away from that mm. and keep it wrapped up. But I was like, I really want to see this baby skeleton. I did. And because uh, I'm just twisted like that. And it was Sick awesome. fuck. But mm -hmm. I know. I know. <laughs> um, and she's doing just great. You know, she's loving this baby. It's her baby. She's happy until... Lily calls her mama, and then all hell breaks loose. But I love the fact that she just, at that point, she looks at Lily, she looks at this pile of bones in her arms, and then she just flings them off the cliff like, this is not what I want, you know? I mean, she doesn't give a shit anymore. Yeah. Because she wants it, this real child. Isn't that so strange? It is. Like, it is. She's, she's there because she's, you know, the guy even says spirits are here because something is, you know, not finished. Or, like you said, you know, something's missing. So that's how ghosts are here. Now, then she says to herself, eh, the fuck am I going to do with a dead baby? I want this one that's alive and that wants me. Yeah. So she just flings it off the cliff. So I, there are things that I do and don't like about that. One, I really love the visual of that. I love the visual of her just slinging him and the bones just flying out over, you know, I thought that was great. But what yeah. I don't like about it is that I kind of am sick of these spirits who are not, like, they're restless spirits, so these people bust their asses to make them happy, to give them what they're missing, and yet the spirit does not appreciate it. So it's not even really a restless spirit in the end. It's a it's a vengeful spirit. Right. And uh, Patrick and I were having this conversation. Movies like The Ring, you know, where you, know, you go down into the well, you find Samara, you're like, oh, here she is. Oh, well, we'll bring her up. We'll give her a proper burial. Everything will be fine. Yeah. No, hell no. She's just fucking evil. Okay, well, then you've got yeah. movies and books like Bag of Bones, um, where... This woman is murdered and buried and, and you know, it's, it's a wrongful death. So this poor guy that she's been tormenting goes, finds her, brings it all, attempts to make her happy and bring it all to nice closure. And still, she still comes after him. And I'm like, give me a break. What are we supposed to do? You know, <laughs> we're trying to make you happy. We're trying to right the wrong that has been done to you, and yet you're still being an asshole about it. Yeah. Well, do you think? Do you think Mama had some appreciation in in terms that um, she could have killed Annabelle, but instead she just kind of presses her head down to say, "Just stop, 
just and then the girl's like just lay down annabelle just sleep just go to sleep you know and don't try to fight for me then she the thing just keeps pressing her down and walks away pressed her down again and walks away then that one last time she tugs on her thing on her uh robe or whatever and the mama's like wow you really do love this baby don't you and she seems to really love you Okay, you know what? You help me uh, find my. I, I don't know if that's the logic she used, but it, it could just purely be that I could tell you love her and she loves you, so I'm gonna let you both be with each other. But I know Lily loves me more, and not you, so I'm taking her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there there was definitely humanity in her at the end, and I, I agree with that. I think she felt the the mother's love that Annabelle had developed, and she probably somewhere in there was even thinking about how she felt when her baby had been ripped from her. Right. So then she sort of relents and mm-hmm. lets Victoria stay. And mm-hmm. and then Lily is obviously happy where she is. That's exactly what she wants. She wants to yeah. be with Mama. Um, of course, we have this really kind of dark ending, too, where... You know, if Lily wants to be with Mama, then you know what's got to happen there. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, overall, I like the resolution. Um, I know I've heard a few complaints about it as far as uh, how it ended, but I, yeah, I'm not unhappy with that. I think it was good. Yeah. Uh, so, well, I don't, we don't have to give away the very ending. Uh, watch it, you know, or if you saw it, you know. But it was it was, it was was a str- uh, not a strange, but a, a moment when... Um, they're wrapped up in mama's cocoon of sorts and they're looking at each other face to face and the kid is just still smiling and mama's looking and uh really feels the love and then they become moths <laughs> sweet i just said i wasn't gonna say it oh, but that's cool. yeah okay so they jump off the cliff once again and <clears throat> this time she goes down with her baby and uh, they pass through a, a tree of, I guess maybe the tree that the other baby got hung on, I'm not sure. And uh, they hit it or something. And then they just uh, turn into like a thousand moths. Yeah, there's an explosion of moths. <clears throat> and then the one moth flies over to Victoria. And then she says, Lily? And uh, I don't know. I guess they walk away. So, And that's that. So, uh, you know, as we talk about it, I feel like I should give it a higher rating. Uh-huh. Well, everything. One thing that's interesting about this about this film that doesn't always happen, particularly in horror movies, is that I think everyone in the end really got what they wanted. Um, of course, Lucas didn't want to lose his baby niece, I'm sure, and Annabelle didn't. You know, would if given the option, she would have kept them both. But in reality, she never had that close a connection with Lily. Neither of them did, and I don't think either of them ever would, uh, just because she Lily was so far gone. Um, so I think that really it ended as well as it could for everyone involved. Everyone was happy with what they got. Didn't you think that Lucas died when, uh, mama put her finger through his, like, I thought his heart? heart. Yeah, I did too. And, and we didn't see him again for a while. You know, he was kind of out of the picture. We're watching Annabelle. We're watching the kids. And I thought, shit, did he really die? Cause I kept expecting him to kind of like get up. Or, you know, come out of nowhere. And then I thought, well, shit, maybe he did die. Because, I mean, she put her finger, what I thought, too, was right through his heart. So I thought, oh, shit, she killed him. But uh, then he comes back and you realize, no, she didn't. Um, Which I'm happy about. Like, I didn't want him 
I didn't want him to die. He was a good guy. There was no. Yeah. It, Dan, it's so funny. Like they want they want to really establish the maternal bond with uh, the kids, yeah. or at least Victoria and and Annabelle. Mm-hmm. So in doing so, they have to kind of get rid of the the male characters for the duration of the movie. So like you think that this guy Lucas, who's the uncle and who's really the driving force in getting the kids. Because, you know, Annabelle's not into having kids. Right. You think he's going to be, like, this big player in the movie. And then they just put him in a coma, and he's, like, missing in the whole second act. And then in the third act, during the climax, he's missing again because she put her, her finger <laughs> through his heart. He's, yeah, he's on the floor the whole time. I mean, it's so weird. He has, like, uh, <laughs> just keep getting rid of him. <laughs> so, But it was too established. And so right. Annabelle had further development without the interference of him. Yeah, right. You know, being the obvious uh, one who would be more inclined to want to bond, right? And, I mean, she never further. She never would have been able to obtain that bond with the children if he'd been in the picture, because he would have been the one doing it. Right. Yeah. So. And just things like that. It just shows how thought out this is, you know. And that's why I want to give it a higher rating because it's just so thought out, and it makes me feel like when you put that much thought into something, just like Sinister, I think you deserve a. Uh, praise and i i feel like i want to give this an eight all right you know go for it i can't wait to see it it's really it's good i really really liked it i'm a fan of uh del toro's other work too so well he um he just produced this so uh yeah he did the labyrinth right yes pan's labyrinth pan's labyrinth yes the dark one yeah oh okay yep Yep. And, yeah, with, with David and, Bowie, can you imagine? Yeah, I was just going to say, David Bowie. <laughs> and uh, The Devil's Backbone. I and... love, see, that's the movie I love. I love that movie. Yeah, so that's fun. a great movie. Yep, All right, so there you go. That's the uh, review from Mama. Yep, the skeleton crew gives it to you first. We're not going to review a movie that came out two weeks ago and <laughs> and not even watch the goddamn thing. <laughs> What kind of asshole would do that? Oh, which, know, by man. the way, Texas Chainsaw is already gone. Did you know? It's out of theaters? It's out of mine. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. I was kind of sad. I'm like, oh, already? It was only two weeks. Actually, it wasn't even two weeks. It was, well, right at two weeks. But, um, yeah, gone. And, and next week, we're going to have Mama on the show. So if you have any questions... If you guys have any questions, <laughs> make sure you contact us at Alex at the Skeleton Crew Show dot com. Yeah. If you have any questions, you can submit them. We're gonna have Mama herself on the show, and you know we're taking over. This is gonna revolutionize podcasting forever. We're gonna be the <laughs> biggest stars on the planet. The more we say it, the more you're gonna believe it. And I'm gonna keep talking in this really exciting voice because it makes everything I say sound more interesting and exciting. Yeah. But I'm really saying nothing, and no one's really listening. Okay, God, I'm tired. Well, that'll take that a must... lot out of you. <laughs> Can you imagine doing that the whole show? No. I think I'm going to say, I, I would rather have the other role where I just don't say anything or watch anything. <laughs> Sounds nice. Oh, sounds easy. Just put my name on it. Yeah, right? <laughs> or like, uh, you know, how about being on a show that has like a lot of momentum going for it and a lot of effort put into it and then just giving yourself the credit and saying you produced it. Like, that's that's a real cool thing. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, have some other guy put hours of thought and process, segment production, you know, edits, produ- you know, everything into a show and just say, no, I'm I'm the producer. 
because uh, I emailed somebody last week. That'd be like saying I produced it. Yeah, maybe you should be the producer. <laughs> We'd all be fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that one? Yeah. Oh, no, uh, boy. <laughs> yeah. I could say I well, I could do the producing, but then what would happen is um I wouldn't actually do it. I would get Lloyd to do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. I feel so bad for people who produce shows that they're not even on. That must be like Ooh. That's got it. I don't even want to produce the show I'm on. I was gonna say I feel bad for you because you gotta fucking listen back and yeah. Uh, I gotta yeah, make sure everything went through. If things cut out, I gotta edit the whole thing out, otherwise you know, it doesn't even make sense anyway. <laughs> All right. And Dan, I must say, you are really, you've developed into such a a uh, reviewer. I was on fire during that mama review. Um, yeah. I mean, that was excellent. <laughs> you got to see the movies that you review, kids. I think, but the show is still missing something. I feel like someone should be defending, like, the stupidest shit of every movie and giving us sound effects for all the kills. I... Well, these two movies that we just did, for instance, Sinister and Mama, are completely different. One is about a ghost, and one is about a demon. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween is very subtle and suggestive. And uh, Friday Thirteenth is more like visceral and brutal, so I think I think they're two different movies. What do you think, Mike? I would totally agree with you. I mean, they are because you got babysitters in Halloween, and these are camp counselors on Crystal Lake. So, yeah. <laughs> different. Yeah, and I bet you when those people were in bed getting their throat cut, I bet you it was like. But the thing is, it was silent, so you couldn't hear it in Sinister. But, dude, it was still good. Dude. No, dude. One's a machete and one's a knife. Oh, so they are different. Dude, yes. Dude, your observations are so in-depth. I don't you. know what we would do without you. That's why I'm here. I can't imagine the show getting any better without you. <laughs> All right. It will surely crumble down. Yes. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you. We'll catch you on the flip side. Try not to miss us too much. Yep. So, see you in a bit. And make sure you, please, we need some more ratings on our iTunes, guys. Please, if you have iTunes, go to, type in Horrorphilia, H-O-R-R-O-R-P-H-I-L-I-A. Am I right? Yes. Okay. (laughs) And you'll scroll down, hit Skeleton Crew, and please rate us, because... The more we get of that, um, I think it does something and gives it more exposure or traffic or something. Yeah, go to iTunes, motherfuckers. Do that. And uh, horrorbit.com. Or contact us directly. I love to hear from listeners. That's one thing I'm crazy about is hearing from the listeners. So I welcome any kind of contact. Yeah, the best would be Facebook. We have a new Facebook group page. That's the one to join. Tons of discussion. It's an extension of the show. It's a total interactive uh, thing, you know. Uh, that's the best you could do. Yep. Facebook group page. So look that up. All right, guys. Well, it was a fun show, and we will see you later. Peace. <laughs>